Hey, friends of the show, we want to thank you for downloading the podcast. Two years in, we wouldn't be here without you. To keep going strong, we're going to need your five-star ratings and your reviews. Apple, Spotify, SoundCloud, wherever you listen to us, give us a review or two. Here's what we're doing, loyal listener. We need your reviews. It helps the show grow, and it helps us get better by getting your constructive criticism and or complete hatred. After 100 reviews, we'll do a special show where we read your reviews back to you. Now betting for the sports animal, your afternoon drive. Number two, Menon, Van Nunley, and Fred Slow. And in the on-deck circle, Robert Buck D. Gibson. This is Two Men On with Van Nunley and Fred Slow. Thursday, Albuquerque. You know what that means. What's that mean, Fred? That means Dak Prescott gets to take a day off after making dumb decisions all week long. He deserves a break. Yeah, budgeted it that way. The boys are live from O'Neill's in Knob Hill, and it is uh, well, it's slowly filling out. Is the it's four o'clock, man? It's, it's never. Hey, it's four o'clock. Yep. Five o one. This place is going to be shoulder five, to shoulder. Five o one's when it's the spot. Right now, it's the pre-spot. 501s are the jeans I'm wearing also. Ah, I like yeah. what you did there. I am Fred Slow. I'll be alongside you, friend of the show, all the way up until 7 p.m. tonight, where I will be then belly up to that bar right over there, man. Yeah, That's baby. That's where I will be at 701. Alongside me is you, Van Nunley. Van, how are you? I'm doing great, my friend. Okay. It is 5 o'clock somewhere, but it is always 5 o'clock at O'Neill's well, Pub in Knob Hill. It's 5 o'clock in the Central is where it's 5 o'clock at. It's 5 o'clock in Dallas and Chicago and St. Louis, Missouri, and a long other list of Central cities. No reason to name them all. Fred, you know I'm bad with time zones. I wish you would just say what time it is. It's uh, 4 o'clock here, 5 o'clock somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> Got a good program today. We're going to have a lot of fun. But back at the home base, John Lopez Real Estate and Coldwell Banker Legacy Studio is Mike Vital. Michael, how are you? Top of the afternoon to you guys. Oh, man, you sound good, Michael. You, you do too. Good. Well, Mikey always sounds good. Yeah. I'm Did ready you? to go. Right, well, I love that. There's a lot in the sporting world today. We're going to be sports adjacent a little bit as we're excited to bring some friends on. We're excited to talk a lot. Jack Gleason will be joining us. He is the general manager here at O'Neill's. We're going to talk about uh, O'Neill's here in Knob Hill. Obviously, they have the other location. I don't think he's the manager of that one, Van. Just this one. Oh, my God. That'd be too much. That'd be too much. It'd be Just the one. It would be two, and that would be one too many. Well, not we are up not Jackie Gleason, Jack Gleason. That Jack, is correct. Yeah, that's correct. Ooh, that's a good one. Save Jack, it. don't Save call it. me Jackie yes. Gleason. So that's going to be good. We're going to enjoy that. Uh, the special today, man, Albuquerque turkey. Albuquerque turkey. <laughs> I just saw one come out. It's looking delish. Smells great. So that's the look today. At 5 o'clock, joining us here at O'Neill's is friend of the show, John Lopez. We're talking about what's going on in the world of real estate and a uh, tough loss for his Pittsburgh Steelers. I'm going to make sure to bring that up. While oh, he's we'll here. definitely poke the yeah. bear. We're going to do that. And then uh, here's a, and if, you, if you're feeling a little tired, you're a little down in the dumps, you yeah. need a little pick-me-up, you need a little energy. At 5 o'clock. Join us at 5 o'clock yeah. with John Lopez because uh, that's way better than any cup of coffee you're going to get. Well, and because we're in public, he will be here and he will be dressed to the nines. Yeah. And we will look a fool in front of <laughs> <laughs> I'm uh, dressed to the sixes right yeah, now. Well, six is generous. I'm a I, solid six. I'm wearing. I'm dressed to the 47 because I'm wearing a real nice Mitchell 47 oh, pullover. It's a great reference. Yeah, so it's going to go well. 
then here's a fun one. So making their radio debut here in town, the new marketing director for the Albuquerque Isotopes, Forrest Stolting, will be joining us. And he's going to tell us about all the impacts he plans to make in the community with the Isotopes and how uh, your boys are going to be able to help them. I'm into that, but I'm more into uh, beer and disc golf. Yes. I want to I talk about <laughs> beer and disc golf with him. He's also into that. So we will talk isotopes. We will talk what's going on with he. And then, obviously, uh, any story that's in the news about baseball, we will follow up with. And then, of course, because we're at O'Neill's, we'll be at 6 o'clock joined by Kim Kirshen, the founder, president, all everything, executive director of Locker Number 505. They will be here. I believe uh, Josh Shushan, announcer, broadcaster for the Isotopes, will be bringing a donation today. Oh, Yeah, so he – How exciting. We sat down for lunch the other day, and he said, I'm going to make a donation to Locker 505. I got some stuff. And I said, well, you don't have to go down to their office. You can just meet us at O'Neill's on Thursday. So that's the plan. That's a good plan. Also, I sent a follow-up text this morning to remind us. Just to make so, sure. Yeah, okay, let's make good. sure good, that good, happens. Good, good. So we're excited about that. Uh, being live from O'Neill's is a special one for us. Come see us. Get the Albuquerque turkey. Obviously, Amber is behind the bar. Come say hello to her whenever you get here. And then, I mean, I don't. I mean, drinks aren't on me, but but they're here. You can come and get one. If you say the nicest thing to me and give me a wonderful compliment and tell me how smart and funny and handsome I am. Yes. Beer is on One me. drinks. One. Just one. Though. One, yeah. Because all those wonderful things I just said, I'm also poor. There's, yeah. They're, so, yeah, yeah. Just yeah. get the one. On that radio salary, it's, it's a hard <laughs> life out there. Big world of uh, sports today, Novak Djokovic in the news. We're going to obviously touch base on he and what is going on. Um, I guess every NFL team just gets to all pick the same coach. I don't understand how this works. They can't all have the same coach. They, apparently, there's only one eligible coach, and it's Brian Flores. And I think Jim Harbaugh saw that, and he was like, I'll be a coach, too. I want to play. <laughs> I'll get out there, guys. <laughs> Let me play. Lots of stuff about the Olympics, uh, and we'll cover all that. ESPN, uh, it's not boycotting, I guess. They're just not covering. I think there's, they're a scared it did yeah. of um, COVID in China, as well as being stuck there if they do get COVID. Yeah, that would be the worst. You have to quarantine it's for a month. 21 days. Yeah. Yeah. Because they don't even let you get on a plane to leave. No, China is really nice this time of year. It's, what? I don't know. I just made that up. I believe it's winter. It's the Winter Olympics. Yeah, I like snow. It's, do you even know how our hemispheres work? No. I don't know time zones either, oh, but rubbing gosh. it in. It's actually tomorrow in China, which is a difficult concept for some. Also in the news is the most famed swimmer in Olympic history and what he had to say about And this one's kind of hotbed, man. I don't know how to touch on this. Lightly. Yeah, because yeah. it's a polarizing subject. So, I'll tell you what, I'll take that one. You want that one? I'll ruffle the feathers in that the, segment. The thing that's the thing is there is a movement now to transgender athletes in the Olympics. I'm, I'm okay with that, I think, in theory. But Michael Phelps had a reaction today that was kind of – polarizing sure yeah so we're going to talk about that and kind of his opinion on that and what's going on with it tough loss last night for the unm lobos mikey you said you might have some of that i sure do yeah so we're going to talk about that if uh and then did you have coach patino's reaction as well yes cool so yeah we're going to hit on the lobos a little bit uh they were i mean they were stride for stride with colorado state for a little bit and i thought that was a big deal so we're going to enjoy doing that. Um, we're going to cover that at length. And then 
Obviously, we're going to wrap up those things with the Chiefs Raiders, and then I am off tomorrow as I am at Highlands, and because I am at Highlands, uh, we will then do our NFL like real quick predictions for the weekend today. We'll do some quick hitters today, cool. and we'll go deep dive tomorrow with me and Robert. So, all right, so help me out here, Michael. So last night you were watching the Isotopes game, or excuse me, you were watching the Lobos broadcast at the studio. Whenever it was in the first half, they were just within a couple baskets there. When did it start to fall apart for the Lobos last night, Michael? Well, they had a lead with about eight minutes left in the second half after trailing 37-32 at the half. So they Mm -hmm. kept it close by the long ball. They made 14 three-pointers. And then, you know, against the top 25 team, that was that was something different. They had been shooting well earlier in the season, but, uh, you know, they went a stretch there the last eight or ten games not hitting their threes. But last night they came alive and made it a game, you know. you got to give them a chance. They entered that game 16-point underdogs. Give me that, that clip, Michael. Oh, you want it? Sure. Yeah, if you Here got it. it. Is. House off the Tobar screen. DeJohnson at the top. Javante, step back three. Good! Javante Johnson with 16. He's 4 of 5 from deep. Lobos within 73 to 66. Six-point loss for the Lobos yesterday, 7-11 on the season. Colorado State, I believe, is still sitting on just one loss. One L all year. It's impressive. Yeah, so they, they have been looking the part. Obviously, State was out in front at the half. The boys came back there at halftime, only outscored by one in the second half, but that first half deficit was the difference there, 87-4. Mike, as you were listening to the game, because I wasn't able to take it in last night, how is Jay Allen Tovar doing playing near the basket? Because obviously Forsling had a lot of minutes, but the way this offense plays with the three-guard, two-forward set, does he appear to be comfortable there, or is he is he still struggling? As I noticed, the combined they had five points. Well, I think it's a it's a work in progress for him getting used to being inside. So um, it's going to probably take a while, like it is for all the other guys. Again, a young team. They were undermanned. They had Saquon Singleton, their other starter, that it was in a walking boot. He was uh, he has a toe injury. So Tovar is just still learning that low post game down there. What did Coach Patino have to say about it after the game? Well, here it is. <laughs> Thank you. I'm proud of them. You know, I'm not a moral victory guy by any means, but you're down another starter um, to come in here and, and really be right there. Um, we didn't obviously get to the free throw line enough at all, and I don't think it was a poorly officiated game. We were just getting a little bit jump shot heavy. Um, but overall, that group in there understands how hard it is to win, um, but they're being confident and staying together, and, and that's what we need. You know, Coach Patino might not be a moral victory guy, but I am. And that's, what, yeah. that's exactly what this was, right? They played a team that's in the top 25. They played a team that was 16-point favorites. They played them close all game. The Lobos played their game. They run and gun. They hit a lot of threes. And I think this is a good a good thing to see from the Lobos going forward when we start playing more competition that may, air quotes, be on our level. Yeah, the I'm not a huge, you know, moral victory guy myself. That's fine, you know. I, I recognize what it is. But at 7 and 11 and you know, a team that I bought into the hype well substantially at the beginning of the year and and if we were sitting in a, an 11 and 7 season right now, I'd be like that's about where I thought the boys were going to be at the beginning to be able to say, "Hey, you know, we're you know, we're still chasing 500 uh, you know, the 
uh, excuse me, record-wise, not total wins or points or anything. We're still chasing 500, but we're stride for stride with some of the best ones in the country. I can buy that. I can buy that a little bit. Um, but if they don't start getting a presence with the guys that play at the basket, Forsling and, and Tovar, then you're, I mean, the loss category is just gonna, the column is just going to keep adding up. Well, and they yep. missed nearly 30 shots, and they only got four offensive rebounds, and that's huge. Yeah, the big dudes weren't grabbing a lot of boards. So, I mean, they lived and died by the three this game, and luckily they were hitting them. Well, and the thing, too, about those rebounds is, like, between Tovar and Forsling, the, you know, the four offensive rebounds for the team, but only five total rebounds between the two. That's unheard of for a seven-footer. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, and it's yeah. – you just you have to have that presence up front. And, you know, I'm, I'm not the biggest guy in the world, but I'm not a small guy. And when I played the game, it was – it was how important it was to be near the basket, protect the basket, clean the glass. And and the thing about rebounding is you just have to really want to do it. Like there's not there's not like a hey the specific drill. There's not a you have a a a knack for the muscle memory of rebounding. It's not shooting. It's just you have to go out there and work harder than the guy that's standing next to you and and to say like nobody wants that, I don't want to say that. I can't talk about that mental health. What I'm gonna say is you have to be able to inject that mindset into players and i just don't know if it's there right now for the lobos yeah i mean that's a that's a sweat part of the game right you just get down and dirty you rub up you get yourself in position and grab those boards and lobos have been at a deficit in that category all year when we get back from the break jack leeson's going to join us he's the general manager down here at o'neill's we're going to talk about uh well we're going to talk about guinness is what we're going to talk about nice dave and busters presents two men on live from o'neill's at our mobile john lopez real estate and coldwell banker legacy studio we're powered by new mexico opinion coffee we play on team i9 start our days at the ymca and spend our weekends at the electric playoffs it's 95.9 fm am 610 the sports animal back live from o'neill's in knob hill I mean, it's starting to fill out. There's a lot of beanies in here. I didn't realize how hip this place was. Uh, it's Knob Hill, Fred. Okay, I'm learning. Joining <laughs> us on the program, Jack Gleason. He's the general manager of, well, this place we're sitting at, O'Neill's in Knob Hill. Jack, welcome to the program. Thanks, guys. Super happy to be here. Well, this is uh, this is kind of a cool one for me. Because when I sat down with Jack a couple weeks ago to set this thing up, I was like, hey, Jack, uh, you know, we're sports talk guys or whatever. <laughs> and Jack was like, hey, man, I don't need the shtick. I'm, he's like, I'm already a fan. What do we got to do? I'm and all I'm, in. Yeah, I was like, oh, straight to business. Okay. <laughs> so, uh, Jack, uh, talk about our news a little bit. Talk about the, the neighborhood. Talk about uh, who you guys are are reaching and, and how the enjoyment is here during a, a COVID, post-COVID environment. Absolutely. Well, obviously, we're committed to making sure this is a safe, healthy environment for you to come have some fun. So we are uh, real uh, stringent with our protocols and keeping everything clean and sanitary and safe. Uh, hey, guys, welcome. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> and we just feel like we're a real uh, – we're our role in the community we take real seriously yeah uh, we love featuring local groups in our uh, event room uh, we love accommodating local uh, uh, organizations in any capacity that we can and we support local artists we always feature a local artist every month mm-hmm. here in the walls and the arts for sale so come check it out if oh, you like it that. you're supporting local uh, art here in the uh, knob hill area in albuquerque now van i know you don't know a ton about art but what that is that's watercolors on paper <laughs> frame i think in that situation it is watercolor <laughs> yeah, isn't I told it? you. it's yeah. literally watercolor today. you know your art <laughs> lucky <laughs> guess got an eye for that one don't i so i absolutely love o'neill's and it's we're so fortunate to get to work with you guys now in a professional capacity oh thank you i've been coming here for years same for the for the loyal listener who hasn't been 
to O'Neill's. Unpackage this place a little bit. Yeah, absolutely. What's the vibe here? Uh, the vibe is it's community. It's honestly priced food and drink of high quality. Uh, it is uh, being recognized by the staff. When you come in here more than once, you will be greeted as if you are a family. There you go. And we appreciate everyone who comes back for a second, third, fourth, and beyond visit. And uh, we consider you friends and family when you when you visit us Aww. that often. And we want to provide you with an absolutely outstanding experience. Sitting down with us on the program, Jack Gleason, the general manager of O'Neill's Pub in Knob Hill. What's the address proper here? I should know that. Yeah, 4310 Central. Across okay. street is Washington. There you go. So Washington and Central. You know the spot. Everyone knows the spot. And if you don't, you need to know. Yeah, come see your boys. We're here till 7. We're actually going to hang out a bit later today, so we're going to – we're going to do the show here at this table, then we're going to do drinks next to that bar. And it's feet away from yes, us. Yes, which we're very excited about. Well, you've done this kind of thing before. You, you've brought out outside energy, and it's brought people in. Do you find often whenever a person's exposed to O'Neill's for the first time or maybe the second time that they quickly build that loyalty to O'Neill's? Is it, ha- is it warm in that kind of way? Is it inviting to where you keep people coming back? Yeah, uh, we've been real successful with that. Uh, we are good at retaining people's names and remembering their favorite drinks. Yeah. And uh, that's something that Rob O'Neill stresses to us, too, is make everyone sure that they understand that when they come in here, they're going to be treated as if they're an important part of our family, which they absolutely are. When Albuquerque couldn't come in due to the COVID-19 pandemic, what did O'Neill's do? How did O'Neill's push through COVID-19? And, and what was the response from, from the customer or friend of O'Neill's that was so loyal? Well, the leadership of, that Rob provided and our operations manager, Jeff Trent, provided during uh, the, when COVID first started was uh, outstanding. We were actually only closed for two weeks total during the entirety of the pandemic. Impressive. Yeah, they came up with an outstanding uh, curbside service. Uh, we were able to open up uh, part of our patio uh, because it, it, it's it here to state guidelines. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we just, we also, we ended up having a movie night in the parking lot. We literally did whatever we could to let the community know we were still here and still super amped to serve them. This, uh, O'Neill's also has a very Cheers-like vibe. That's <laughs> perfect. Every, yeah. Everybody knows your name. Yeah. I think it's it's got a Cheers vibe with better food. Yeah, I don't recall them serving much food in Cheers. I think they had the restaurant upstairs, yeah. if I remember correctly. A lot and of peanuts. You, a lot of peanuts. Okay. And if you look closely at all the beer pours on Cheers, they were terrible. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it was all foam. No, And we, we have certainly professional bartenders here that know how to do an excellent pour. Amber behind the bar, uh, at least until the time we leave. So, yes. Uh, so that's probably all night. I yeah. don't really know the schedules here. Yeah, Amber will be our bartender until we close tonight. And she's been here for 10 years, and she's outstanding. Part of the partnership with O'Neill's and the program is that we're able to feature local uh, non-for-profits that help individuals in the community, and that is Locker 505 right now. Can you talk about the importance of O'Neill in connecting with organizations that help Albuquerqueans? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, again, that starts with Rob O'Neill. Yeah. Uh, he feels like uh, we're, he's not just a business here in the neighborhood. He is part of the fabric of the neighborhood, and part of being the fabric of a neighborhood means supporting it right. and making sure that fabric is strong. And uh, that's what he preaches to us. Uh, it's easy to sign up for that and uh, when we stay committed to that. We even have some uh, uh, gift cards to give you for our, uh, our, our, our event of choosing tonight. The, oh, there we yeah, go. Yeah, the, the Locker 505. Excellent. Uh, we, we have uh, some, I'll be getting those to you as soon as I take these headphones off. I'll bring you over those gift cards. Love that. Also, if you come down and see your boys live from Locker 505, I got some Lobo tickets, man. We're giving away Lobo tickets today, too. All right. Yeah, so there's, yeah, so there's a little incentive to come out and hang out with you dudes. The special today is the Albuquerque Turkey. 
Yes. Everyone knows Albuquerque turkey. Yeah. If you're not in to, for a sandwich and you want some uh, some traditional Irish fare, absolutely. What do you have to try first when you're here? Well, our most popular dish is the fish and chips, and for good reason. It's outstanding. It's a classic pub fare, fish and chips. Uh, but my personal favorite is the bangers and mash. Ah. Uh, Guinness steep sausage uh, with uh, uh, mushroom uh, onion sauce and uh, mashed potatoes, and then uh, some horseradish and hot mustard to dip that in. Yeah, uh, baby. Oh, so the works is what you're oh, saying. It's yeah, the whole thing. Yeah. All the good stuff. Yeah, I can eat that yeah. plate way too fast. Joining <laughs> us at 515 will be our new friend and new marketing director for the Isotopes. Forest Stolting. Uh, we actually met here earlier in the week and had a we had a lunch. We did a whole thing here. It was fun and we laughed a lot. When he sits down at five fifteen, what O'Neill specific food can you put in front of him to taste on this show that is like a welcome to Albuquerque? Like what is that feature? Well, I like to combine welcome to Albuquerque and welcome to O'Neill's. Yeah, uh, and I think our best, coolest esoteric dish in that regard would be our Irish egg rolls which is corned beef and cabbage yes. wrapped in a traditional egg roll, fried, and then served with a sweet mustard and a spicy mustard to uh, dip. Th- yes, thank you, please. Sweet. Okay. <laughs> we'll send you out a plate. mouth is watering. <laughs> the, uh, the thing that jumped out to me when we first met with O'Neill's is right next to O'Neill's here in Knob Hill, you have the coolest private r- venue that I've ever seen. Thank you. Yeah, it is. It, but is it speakeasy? Like, how, do, <laughs> how did I not know until O'Neill's told me? Well, it, it used to be a place called Giocos and a sports bar before that. Now it's our private event room. So it is a completely private, separate entrance, separate bathroom, seats up to 100 folks. Uh, we have a drop-down uh, projector screen and uh, microphone, and it's a great room to have for uh, whether you're doing a birthday party, retirement party. In yeah. fact, my wife booked a retirement party for her uh Uncle Gary that she had here last night. I charged her full price, too. That's the way it should be. That's <laughs> friend, hey, friend of the show, keep your ear to the street because the boys will be partying yeah, there very soon. Awesome. We'll definitely be doing some events from there. Uh, That's if, outstanding. If you are in a position where, hey, I'm not quite comfortable coming out yet, but I want to help individuals or helping individuals, O'Neill's is helping us help Locker Number 505 and what they do in the community with their clothing bank, uh, helping kids of a certain socioeconomic status uh, look good, feel good, and be about themselves. And you can uh, you can order online here at O'Neill's in Knob Hill and get this van. It's like a 20-minute turnaround online. Excellent. Crazy. 20 to 30 minutes is what's, right. av- is what's advertised here online. So you go to O'Neill's website. It's <coughs> excuse me, O'Neill's.com, O-N-I-E-L-L-S.com. Two Thank you for that. Yep. Yes, extra you, L. Well, and you got to point it out because the last thing you want is to, like, create a what, – what's a good example? Um, hey, we're going down to O'Neill's spelled wrong. It links you to yeah. a different thing. Yeah, and you're like, no, don't be confused. Where are you going? Yeah, thank figure, you. This is like four ways you could spell O'Neill's. <laughs> So thank you for that. So, uh, yeah, so come down and hang out. Uh, order some food if, if you're not one to hang out quite yet because it's available to you. Good eats, good drinks, good people. What have we missed? What else is going on here that we didn't mention, Jack? Well, uh, our servers tonight. We've got our yeah. outstanding servers tonight. We've got uh, Rita, we've got Alex, and we've got Heather. Uh, and they are uh, knowledgeable in all our food and drink. Uh, they are attentive, friendly, and charming. And come down and say hi to them, order some food. We'll be, we'd love to see you. Love that. Van, anything final before we cut it? Hey, come down and hang out with the boys at O'Neill's and Knob Hill. Jack Gleason, general manager O'Neill's, uh, was with us. Thank you so very much. You will be here all night while we're hanging out? Uh, yes, sir. I love that. Whenever we get back from the break, man, let's touch on NFL coaches, carousel, or Novak Djokovic. You call it. Flip a coin. Novak Djokovic, whenever we get back. We're two men on 95.9 <laughs> FM, AM 610, the sports animal. Back live from O'Neill's in Knob Hill. Thank you to Jack Gleason who joined us talking about everything going on here, not just tonight, but all the nights. 
all the nights. Your boys are here tonight, though. We're going to laugh up until 7 o'clock, and then after that, uh, we're going to hang out for just a little bit. So if you're in the neighborhood and come down, we're here. We're doing that thing. We're giving away some Lobo tickets. Come get them. We're not saying just come here when we're here. No. As your schedule dictates, you come here whenever you want. Jack just handed me, I know, well, if you're tuning into the live stream on social media, you did see it, but Jack just handed me a nice little gift here for Locker 505, so they're going to be able to put that to some good use. Love that. Love everything. Isn't that exciting? That is. So, Novak Djokovic. That that legit looked like a drug deal for a second. Luckily, it says Locker 505 (laughs) on it. And I'm tired of getting accused of doing drug deals everywhere I go. (laughs) It is Albuquerque. All right, are you up to speed on this Novak Djokovic stuff? Uh, yes. Okay. You, are you paint the picture? Okay. Cliff notes, after all of this drama mm-hmm. about him not taking the vaccine and him lying to the Australian government, right. him fighting his deportation, eventually losing his appeal and getting deported out of the country, and then France saying, no vaccine, no French Open for you. Mm-hmm. After all that, an article comes out two days ago, and the story broke yesterday, just that broke yesterday, but Novak Djokovic owns 80% of a Danish company that's making treatments for COVID-19. Uh, so, and I want to make sure we got this. So, Quaint BioRes is the name of the company. Right. And they're not making a vaccine. Correct. They're making a cure. A, yeah, a treatment. A treatment. Yeah. Did he just buy this today? No, he bought it quite some time ago. All right, so why is it coming out today, yesterday? Because I think he was able to hide it and keep it a secret until all this other information came out and people finally started digging and you know, doing more research on him. It was like, oh, wait, this makes more sense. How much of the company did he buy? 80% of the company. And he's not a scientist. No, he is not. So this is, this is a straight investment. A straight investment. In this technology that he may or may not believe in. But he came out as soon as six weeks after the pandemic started and said, I am not in favor of vaccination. He said it for two years now that he's been anti-vax. So it should come as no surprise his stance on the, the COVID protocols for these tennis tournaments. He makes roughly... $30 $30 million a year, okay? Sure. So that puts him in the like top 50 of athletes on the planet. It's a lot of money. Yeah, it's a pretty exclusive club. And I think once you start to get up in that kind of money realm, you have people who help manage your money. Is there a chance he didn't buy this? Is there a chance that whoever his investment whatever is, they did that? Or is this like a Djokovic-centric thing? Well, when you say they, do you mean his wife? Because that's the other investor is, is that, his wife. Yeah. It's him oh. and his wife. So the company in 2020 said they raised $69 yeah, nice. million dollars in funding that year, and it's assumed that he had the lion's share of it. It hasn't been public, his whole investment in this company, but he owns 80% of this company that's developing drugs to treat the COVID-19 virus. Like legitimately, though, it's not its not like a yeah. weird snake oil, carny thing. No. Let me, obviously, I don't know this, but yeah. I'll tell you what. I will read directly from this article I got pulled up. RRM uses electromagnetic frequencies to analyze macromolecular functions. 
What this does, it inhibits the RNA replication process of SARS-CoV-2 in humans. Okay, everybody knows what that means, right? But whatever the hell that just meant, that's the technology that they're using to treat COVID. And that's what he's invested in. I think I get it. I don't know if I get it. So he's oppo vaccine, but he's pro-cure. Yes. Okay. I think you can be both. I think, right? You can be whatever you want. (laughs) The timing of the... And we're going to get to that later in the Michael Phelps segment. The, The timing of the release of the story is a bit of pondering to me. See, that's my angle here. Why create such a fuss when you're publicly anti-vax and you know you need to be vaccinated to play in these tournaments, you know you need to be vaccinated to enter these countries? It's spelled out very clearly, but you still cause a fuss. There's a whole media frenzy. How many segments did we do on it the last week or two? All of them. We did all of them. We did almost one a day. So we're part of the problem, creating more buzz for this guy, and he's just a walking commercial. He's just a walking billboard for this company that he invested in. I feel like I'm often, like, you know, I treat a lot of life like film, right? Sure. So I'm like, like, okay, there's a bit of a plot twist here, but what is it for? The old Shyamalan twist. Yeah, I got, like, because I don't know if I'm getting it. Like, I I get investments. I I understand that entire premise. But what I'm saying is, is he also then trying to create, like, a public something-something to be like, hey, don't get vaccinated, you, you can't trust Big Pharma, blah, blah, blah. And then when his Danish company does come out with a cure, he can then get on that same soapbox he was standing on and say, hey, those of you who didn't get vaccinated and you're obviously going to get sick, you can trust me on the cure because I, just like you, didn't get vaccinated and you've trusted me this whole time. Is this about, like, baiting a hook? Yeah, I think it's opening up a market. I mean, that's why he's doing this. He apparently was anti-vax before this whole thing snowballed. So he was already anti-vax. And now he's looking for alternative cures to this besides just getting vaccinated. So he's waving a big, what would it be, red flag with a needle on it? He's waving a big red flag to all the other anti-vaxxers and saying, hey, you're my people. You guys don't want to get vaccinated. I'm going to develop this drug just for me and you okay, guys. Okay, so I do see that angle because that's a, hey, what's the point of getting the vaccination if you can get a drug that makes you feel good super fast? Sure. You don't get to get the vaccine. You can take medicine. Medicine doesn't change you, although it, it looks here like the research is still mRNA-based. It's still uh, mRNA-based, sure. It's just ah, different. It's it's a little vaccinating because right now we have, like, monoclonal antibodies, right? And also insanely scarce. Like, they're, they're out at most places. Correct. Yeah, we're seeing three, four, 5,000 cases a day, and it's fi- it was 5,000 cases yesterday. 5,000 cases of COVID-19, that's not a small amount. No. And of those people... I- ICUs are full yeah. in the whole area. You can't get a spot in an ICU because there's too many people with COVID. And uh, let me reiterate, mm-hmm. too many unvaccinated people with COVID filling up the hospitals. <sighs> Does the announcement seem like the start to the redemption arc? If it's real, if it's legitimate, if this is actual science and it actually works, they they haven't even started doing trials on this drug yet. It's just theorized. It's just in development. They don't even know if it works yet. So for real, he could have just 
bought 80% of a medicine-making company that hasn't made any medicine, but they can claim that they're making medicine, and this whole thing has been smoke and mirrors the whole way out. Well, I mean, regardless of what his intentions actually are, what he's done is create a media frenzy and had tons of free advertising for this company. Now this company is going to be on everyone's tongue, and its value is going to go through the roof because of the at least for the awareness the company has now. It feels very damage controlly. Yeah, it feels like one of your favorite words. It feels like a work. Feels like a work. Novak Djokovic knows Australia's policy on entering the country. Novak Djokovic knows the Australian Open's rules and policies on COVID and vaccinations. And so he it's knows hedged. Yeah. Fran- he knows France. He knows the French Open. He knows everything he needs to know about all the COVID regulations involved in his profession, professional tennis. So with that knowledge already, he still went against their best wishes, created a media frenzy, and now this information comes out that he owns 80% of a company that is working for a new treatment. So that's where the work is because it seems like it's a hedged bet. Because if you go to Australia and you forge some documents and you and you tell some stories, make up some lies, but you still get in because of name power, you don't lose. You still got into the Australian Open. You still get to win an Open. You still get to be that guy. And if you lose, which he did, then you end up in this exact scenario where it's, hey, I have a chance now to to build that re-imaging or that rehabilitation of my look. But, by the way, it was all set up in advance. It was 100% set up in advance. Oh, gosh. It feels like a work. It has an absolute feel that we, the populace, were puppeteered by Novak Djokovic. And to create more buzz for this company. And here in 2022, he knew this would be the time. Because if he buys this in 2020, because someone had forecasted for him, where he would be, hey, I'm not comfortable taking the vaccine in the first year. I don't even really have to talk about it. There's just too many question marks. I'm going to keep playing tennis and doing my thing if we're playing tennis. Through 2021, you can maybe still hold on to that mindset a little bit. But 2022 is 2022. And he knows at that point that it has to be go. Sure. Yeah. You own a big and tall store. You don't get a tiny person right. to be your spokesperson. You get Shaquille O'Neal. If you're anti-vax and you're developing a drug that's not a vaccine, of course you get an investor that's an anti-vaxxer. It's smart money. I'm going to say, yeah, it's smart money on that end. Sure. All right. Well, I don't think anything about sports is sports anymore. I, I, I'm this, to that point. This story is not going away no. either. It's... It's all a form of, like, entertainment and big-dollar business, and it's being put over on me, and I don't know how I feel about that, but I do know it's not positive. Side note, the playlist at O'Neill's is absolute fire. Yeah, it's like 80s it's a, yacht. It's a mix yeah. of classic rock and 80s. Like Here's some Fleetwood Mac. Kenny, Kenny, Kenny Loggins' Danger Zone is on right now, yeah, and I could not be any more pumped. Curling on the highway. Whenever we get back from the break, we'll wrap up the first hour with a little bit of this NFL coaching roundtree kind of stuff. Just everyone wants Brian Flores. Not everyone can have Brian Flores. For two, or excuse me, Dave and Buster's presents two men on live from O'Neill's at the remote John Lopez Real Estate and Coldwell Banker Legacy Studio. We're powered by New Mexico Pinion Coffee. We play on Team I-9, start our days at the YMCA, and spend our weekends at the Electric Playhouse. It's 95.9 FM, AM 610. Sports animal. Boys are live at O'Neill's. Doesn't mean the phone line is shut off because it's not. Joining us on the friend of the show hotline, Max. Max, welcome to the program. 
Uh, hi, guys. I just wanted to start off by saying I was not very impressed with Colorado State. You know, I don't think that they're a 14-1 and team. Uh, but first of all, you know, we can't expect Mashburn and House to play 40 minutes a game. Uh, you know, Coach Pacino is going to have to have a serious talk with players like Tovar, Johnson, and, and, and Jenkins to take charge and be aggressive, you know, when, when House and Mash need a rest. You know, our, opponent, our opponents are going to dominate the boards anyway. Uh, I mean, we have nobody in the front court. Uh, that You know, that's the hard truth. Uh, Forsling... Uh, you know, I mean, he was in there, but, you know, he takes no initiative. And when he does shoot, he has hands of stone. And the only way that we can win any more games this season is if we shoot over 50% from the three-point line. Right. Uh, I, you know, I only recall seeing us at the charity stripe three times. Uh, you know, obviously we don't have size. And, you know, that's – when you drive to the hoop and and try to make things happen, uh, we failed to do so last night. Um, you know, it doesn't help when half your team is is either arrested or suspended. Or we, you know, we only had seven players, and if if we lose another player, we should just forfeit. I think you know. I mean, I, I don't know what. We, I don't want to be that harsh. Uh, you know, you can say that. You know, we had a, a hard tragedy, you know, with Muscadin, yes. Uh, but, you know, you know, he was a defensive body. He was in there. We needed his athleticism uh, in, in the front court. But uh, let's get some, some guys from uh, eastern New Mexico or someplace, some transfers. Saquon being out is not an excuse either. And I just want to know your uh, yeah, your thir- opinion on that. Well, you're right, Max. 36 minutes each is what I think House and Mashburn went for yesterday. And, and that does show at the end of the game, Max. You're absolutely right. Because if you don't have those legs under you to you know for that closeout moment, and, and I always talk about it at the end of the game, like what you do do from the foul line, and you need your legs under you. But if you're not going to the basket, if you're not drawing that stuff, it's it's you can't just turn it on at the end of the game. You can't just close out and score with the clock stopped. And I th- I do think Colorado State was impressive. I do think the Lobos kept stride. But you're right. Yeah, it was seven guys with prominent minutes and, and eight guys total. And I don't know the team the team was there. But as far as being able to close out, I just I didn't see it. Uh, thanks for the call, Max. That, That's, uh... Do you think that they're the top of the league? Colorado State, I think they only lost one game all year. Yeah, I think they're the truth, and and the thing about UNM being able to be in the mix, I think, is an indicator of what UNM is capable of doing, but hasn't done. I think it's a it's almost a tease, Max. I don't know how else to describe that. You know, it's you know we laugh a lot about that kind of stuff, but it's it's UNM is exciting me just enough to keep me coming back, and I but I would like yeah I'd like. I'd like the the reward to be worth the rub. And you know we're we're a big uh, Coach G family over here. We believe in the football pro- program sure. and you know take being patient with the program and the development of it. Same thing goes with Coach Patino. Yeah. Like, where would the Lobos be without his transfers? Where would the Lobos be without Hass, House, and Mashburn? Like, they're carrying the team. What would the record look like without these transfers? So I think. You have to take some patience here 
And, you know, Max, thanks for the call, and that's uh, some really good analysis by a true fan. So they do live and die by the three, and they do need more size, and these are the things you have to address. And, well, so and I don't think we're going to know about uh, Coach Patino or this program until they have more pieces in place. Is another so way- see his next round of recruiting and then really analyze. Is another way to say what you just said, and similar to the way Max verbed it, is it's a team that that is struggling with size. But can you say it's a team that's exploited in the paint? Because, like, I think you can take like that phrasing and say you. I mean, you see it. You see that you get beat up on. You see that you don't rebound well. You see, and we were, you know, we we're obviously talking about some of the low, like uh, low box scoring for the Lobos because it's not there. If you're down in the low block, like, and you don't have the touch. You have to address that stuff. It's not a, we'll just replace you with a guy next year. It's a, let's coach and work on it scenario. Mike and drills you can do for 10 hours a day. Sure. You know, my dude, Sebastian, the Swedish street ball forceling. Yeah. Like, he's a freshman and he's seven foot tall. He's grown into himself. You are correct. Those skills are going to take a while. Once he starts mastering those skills and gets more coordination and gets more life under those legs and learns the system and learns the program, you're going to see more rebounds out of this guy. You're going to see more blocks out of this guy and being more of a contributor. But he's not going to be able to do it alone. Mashburn and House aren't going to be able to do it alone. Well, here's what I say. You come down to O'Neill's, you listen to Strawberry Wine by Dina Carter as we enjoy a meal, and then we talk about the Lobos at length and laugh the entire time. That's how you get over this one. I'm in. Let's grab a break. Whenever we get back, uh, we'll put, we'll put 15 minutes into meet, catching up with our friend John Lopez, assuming that he's here on time because he's not here yet. It's two men on, live from O'Neill's, 95.9 FM, AM 610. We are back live from O'Neill's in Knob Hill. We're having a lot of fun today. First hour in the books. Thank you to Jack Leeson who joined us, the general manager of O'Neill's. Thank you to friend of the show, Max, who took the time to talk a little bit of Lobo's basketball. We're on the same page as him. Uh, we can identify problems while we're struggling to find solutions to them. Oh, are you talking about my life story? Yeah. <laughs> my life story is similar, but it's I don't have a single problem in my life that I didn't create. Oh, yeah, same, 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 yeah, same, same, so same, same, that same. One. We are uh, efforting John Lopez to join us live as soon as he arrives. John Lopez of John Lopez Real Estate and Coldwell Banker Legacy Studio. Uh, but he is not here yet, so we will jump into some NFL coaching carousel before he gets here. Hey, man, that Knob Hill rush hour traffic, you know, got him, that's got him caught up. That's not a real up. thing. That's not a, that's not it a real thing. It did feel weird when I said it out loud. Yeah, it's you not know, a, You're right. Yeah. It's, this thing's not a thing. So, uh, so there's eight of them, man. There's eight options, okay? So okay. The, the Chicago Bears, the Denver Broncos, the Houston Texans, the Jacksonville Jaguars. 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 Thank you. The Las Vegas Raiders, the Miami Sharks, and the Minnesota Vikings and New York Giants. And all eight of them have said that Brian Flores is going to be their next head coach. Everybody wants Brian Flores. What is this? Remember when, like, uh, when you were a senior in high school? I, uh, years ago, yeah. And everyone asked out the head cheerleader? Yes, that was me. Brian Flores has the biggest head cheerleader vibes right now. Everybody wants him, and you yeah. can only pick one. Well, and he's going to have the choosing of it. And if you if you give me all those teams and you're like, hey, what are you about or whatever, well, I already live in Florida. Give me a young stud quarterback. Give me an owner that I know loves my team. Give me the Jacksonville Jaguars. You see, I don't think that's as bad of a gig. So what? They've only won – Four games in the past two years they have the number one draft pick you got the number one draft pick and you got an owner 
with the best mustache in the game. Also, well, that, that really plays hard for me. Also, this, they only have up to go. Sure. <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah. I'm going to show up and do a regular job. It looks like I'm doing a really good job. He's got big, big Drake vibes. Started at the bottom. Got, yeah. Now they're there. J- All right. So Brian Flores walks into Jacksonville, and he says, um, yeah, I got this. And everyone's like, yeah, no, we, because you should have seen what we had before. If Okay, I really like the Jacksonville gig because of the owner, because of Trevor Lawrence. But you got some legacy teams on this list. New York Giants, Chicago Bears, Minnesota Vikings. Those are big gigs. Denver Broncos. Uh, cool. You, would, you, would you hold one of those in higher regard because of the team? No. Not, not the situation. How, do, how good is the Dallas Cowboys legacy right now? It's nothing. Like they, right. they just lost last week. You, legacy don't win you no games. Well, I mean, the Cowboys, to be fair. To be fair. Uh, to, to be, be fair. fair. They did make it into the playoffs. They did win double-digit games. Cool. So they're not, they're not in shambles. Like They're not like the Jaguars. They've only won four games. Jaguars. That have only won four games in the last two years. It's not like they're the Dolphins. Well, the Dolphins only get 500 or better records, and they but, still fire their head coaches. But without Brian Flores, what do the Dolphins look like? Like a four-win team? Well, I mean, they got a tough quarterback situation, and you know, Waddle didn't really work out the way they thought they would. One of these teams was in the freaking playoffs. Playoffs. And by the way, the NFL playoffs are so saturated and bad, but people act like they're not. You put 14 teams into the playoffs, they're not all going to be golden. No, they're not all going to be good. And that was the Raiders. And that's that's the well, the Raiders <laughs> were competitive, and I picked them to beat the spread. So I'm sorry. About that again, Albuquerque. I'll apologize ad nauseum for all that money you lost. But I think the Raiders are going to be a problem going forward. Not just because the Raiders' mystique. Not just because the silver and black. Not just because they're crazy fans. They play in Las Vegas, Nevada. They have 50-plus young millionaires that they got to keep on a leash in Sin City. How is anybody going to manage that job? It will take a certain personality type that gets the entertainment factor, that gets that part of the world. It's someone, I'll give you an example, Mike Tomlin. It's a guy who takes the time with the media, and it's a guy who takes the time with the young athlete. And talking about Las Vegas, the young black athlete. Talking about, like, hey, this is this is a different exposure. This is a different world. Mm-hmm. Look at a lot of, like, what happened in the offseason for the Raiders this year. And and all, I know this uh, the Arnett kid just signed with the Chiefs, which we'll talk about a little bit. But, yeah, you have to have someone who can lead men in Oakland, or excuse me, in Las Vegas. And I don't think you need the best football coach. You might need the best coordinators. But you need the best leader of men. Where's the Dick Vermeil of today? Because you – exactly that. Yeah. Sure. And I think – Brian Flores is that guy. I still, I'm still oh, baffled. Wow. I think Brian Flores is that guy, and I'm still baffled that the Miami Dolphins got rid of him. Well, that he did so much with so little. That's a fundamental thing. That's Brian Flores. I have heard is in love with Deshaun Watson. Okay. Deshaun Watson is the jam. He I says. like massages too. I don't, so, I'm not oh, a hater. I mean, I mean, here we go with that again. But it's, <laughs> it, 
wherever he's at, he wants to be with Deshaun Watson. Now, that's why I think the Texans fall off because Deshaun Watson can't play with the Texans again. Obviously, he's not going to go back to Miami, and I don't think the Raiders are going to end up being in the spot for him because I think they're going to go with what they currently have. Yeah, I think the Raiders are going to keep Carr. And, but back to the point of these legacy teams, like these are big gigs in the history of football. Bears, Broncos, Vikings, Giants. They got some legendary coaches here. Don't you want to follow in the footsteps? Besides Flores, besides Harbaugh, those are the two that everyone's going after. You got eight spots to fill. If you do have the I, – yes, I appreciate what you're giving me as far as any regular coach, but I think because Brian Flores has already been – you know, deemed the bell of the ball, that he, with every team he speaks to, says, hey, I'm excited to come here. Are you willing to trade for Deshaun Watson? Okay. And that's a term of hire. I think it is. Sure. So, like, which of those teams are? Because the Bears aren't. They got a guy. The Broncos would be. The Texans won't. Or, I mean, obviously the Texans want to get rid of him. The Jaguars won't. Oh. My, like, Miami's not an option. He's not going to end up with the Raiders. And I think Minnesota would. Well, Broncos and Dolphins are already two of the teams that were in negotiations for him before all of the massage stuff came out. The Vikings, the Vikings are set. I mean, the Giants need help. So I don't know. Is that the is that the determining factor for Coach Flores? I well, I, I think it's part of the conversation you have because and you also end up in a lot of these situations where head coach and GM are one and one A, where it's you know we were just talking about the Raiders last week where. You know, John Gruden had a 51% say over Mike Mayock and all these things, and they're both gone, obviously, so that's not a prime example of it working well. But it's a structure that these teams use. So if if you go into a situation, you want to say, hey, I was just in Miami, and I'm tired of fighting with my GM, and I know it wins games, and it's not to a tie of a logo. It's, it's just not. No, it's not at all. And so you have to be able to say, I need flexibility. I need someone that will listen. And I think you start that conversation with being with saying, hey, if I wanted to venture into the idea of trading for Deshaun Watson, how would you approach that? What resources would you give me? How would we tackle that? And I think he's at a point now in his coaching career where you're not talking about what you're doing on the field, but you're talking about the front office dynamics. Yeah, I mean, and you can't win in the modern NFL without a good quarterback. You have to have an upper echelon quarterback oh, I agree to completely. really win. Look at the teams that are left. Yeah. Every team that is left, their quarterback is the best quarterback in their division. If you're a coach, you're looking at these job openings, you're like, okay, there's eight jobs open. The only potential to have a really good quarterback is David Carr in Las Vegas or turning Trevor Lawrence into his potential. Everything else is a dumpster fire. Well, do you, do you have to win right away? Because you don't. Like, if you're Brian Flores and you go to Jacksonville with Trevor Lawrence, do you have to have a over 500 record in a playoff appearance in year one? You don't, man. Well, no, of course you don't. But let's say Jacksonville is happy with what they get. You know what I mean? Because mm-hmm. they've been so down for so long, they're just happy to be playing, you know? But if you're in a, a media market like Chicago and you don't find immediate success, they're going to roast you immediately. So do you think it's a, an idea in, like, New York, for example? Do you think it's an idea where if you show up, you have to be able to also splash a big quarterback right away? Because there's not one to bring in if it's not Deshaun Watson. Well, you made a really good point with the terms of hire, like those negotiations. Like, yeah. 
you got to say, hey, I need a big quarterback. You have to trade for Russell Wilson. You have to trade for Aaron Rodgers. You have to bring in Deshaun Watson. Because, like, okay, there's there's no sure things in next year's draft. There's no sure things two years from now. Like, we saw an unparalleled quarterback draft class this year that you're not going to see for a while. All right, so then who of, like, this list are the guys? If you're, Let's use Jacksonville as an example. Because you want to go as far away from what you previously had. So you don't want someone from college. You don't want someone that doesn't know how to deal with adults. So who of the list of, like, the Brian Flores, Jim Caldwell, like, Doug Peterson, Byron Leftwich, Dan Quinn kind of neighborhood, who are you looking to bring in to be like, hey, we now have, like, a men among men, and we're going to approach this thing a little more professionally, a little more organized, a little more civilized? Well, I mean, from – what we've learned, definitely not anyone who worked for Bill Belichick. Right. Because those are all losers. It, they're not doing well. <laughs> I really like, you know. This, Aside from Brian Flores. This hits close to home, obviously. But the Packers offensive coordinator, Nathaniel Hackett. Yeah. Who he's going to get a lot of interviews. Getting them looks. And then whoever, whoever gets Nathaniel Hackett is going to get their quarterback coach to come along with them. And whoever gets those two guys is going to be in a prime position to trade for Aaron Rodgers. Gerard Mayo, the Patriots linebacking coach, does he a little bit to you jump out as a as like a Mike Tomlin style, could come up from a position coach, obviously he played under Bill Belichick all those years, obviously jumped right into that coaching kind of tree. Does he seem like that I could be a Raiders head coach type like type of guy? Yeah, yeah, he does. He does. I mean, I really like Dan Quinn. From this draft, I think he he's had success, except for the twenty-eight and three debacle. Like he's had success in the league already. He's a defensive guru. A lot of people are looking for that. But I really like Eric Bieniemy and Byron Leftwich from this coaching class. I think these two guys are two great offensive minds. They've had all kinds of success. They know how to win. They've been there. They've seen it. So you got your Harbaugh and Flores, of course. And I think the enemy and Leftwich get gigs. Besides that, I really like Dan Quinn and Nathaniel Hackett. But to round out the eight, what do you do? I mean, does Kellen Moore get a shot? Right. I mean, he's supposed to be an offensive guru, but what have the Cowboys done? Well, they've lost in the first round of the playoffs. That is what they've done. (laughs) Uh, John Lopez will be with us at 6.15 today. So we moved him to 6.15. So we're excited for him to blow open both those doors whenever he comes in. Joining us after the break, our brand-new friend and marketing director for the Albuquerque Isotopes, Forrest Stolting, will sit in with us. Uh, And we're not going to have him just one segment. We're going to have him two. We're going to talk about his story. We're going to talk about his journey to the Isotopes. And then we're going to talk about how big of an impact he's going to make here in the community. We're very excited about that. Dave and Buster's presents Two Men On live from O'Neill's at the mobile John Lopez Real Estate and Coldwell Banker Legacy Studio. We're powered by New Mexico Pinion Coffee. We play on Team I-9, start our days at the YMCA, and spend our evenings at Electric Playoffs. It's 95.9 FM, AM 610, the sports animal. Back live from O'Neill's in Knob Hill. We are laughing a lot, having a lot of fun. Thank you to everyone who's been a part of the show thus far. Thank you to Jack Gleason, who joined us, the general manager of O'Neill's. We were talking about the Albuquerque turkey. You can come down and get it on special today. It's on special. Last time we were here, it was the meatloaf. The meatloaf. Ma. I mean, the meatloaf. Joining us on the program for the first time was what was hopefully going to be like a long, fun relationship. I hope so, of course. Yeah, yeah. Up, up and down and foolishness and, and all those things that are involved with that. 
Forrest Sterling, the marketing director? Stolting. Stolting. Why did I do media, that? Media relations. Just media relations. I literally yes. said it just a second ago. clarified seconds ago. You say it how, you, how it's spelled, you know? A lot of people say Stuttling. I'm like, how? Where did you get that from? It's, yeah. a, it's a Dutch name, yeah. So Forrest, so Forrest Stolting joining us, and he's the media relations. You're doing it all. I guess so. I yeah. Like that's what John tells me to do. So the, the John, well, all right. So John, he's the general manager. Yeah, yeah. He, he's John. my boss. Yeah. He's that guy. So Forrest, you come in with zero experience, and you have no idea what you're doing, and this whole thing's up in the air. Pretty much, yeah. No, it's yeah, not it's true. Just kind of juggling. You know? <laughs> <laughs> I've been around a few, a few places. So. You have. You've been in baseball for a long time. Yeah, about five years or six years now since 2016. Okay. I graduated from Furman University in 2016. Congratulations. Worked, um, worked for the Drive for a couple years. Then went out to the OKC with the Dodgers. Worked with Alex and Lisa out there. Great people. Um, AAA club and um, AAA West as well. Then I got my master's degree from Northwestern of journal for journalism. Right. Um, then. Worked for the Greenville Drive in 2021. Worked for Baseball Perspectives for two years as a prospect scout. So I've been doing baseball for for a few years now. All right, well, just eyeball test. Give me give me the scouting report on Van right here. What's what? I mean, late innings relief, probably. Let's, let's see the bicep. Let's see the bicep. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna, don't make me flex. I'll rip out of this blazer. Don't believe him. No matter what he's he's already had Tommy John. He's ready oh, to go. Man, push him up the list. I would. Yeah. I don't even look at a guy if you don't have Tommy John. Yeah, yeah, I got Tommy John on my knees. That's what I'm. You should get Tommy John just in <laughs> high school. So Tommy so, John's son went to Furman, where I went. Where I went to school, played what? baseball there. Yeah, Tommy Junior. Yeah, it's actually pretty sweet. <laughs> so you're a player. You grew up playing the game. Oh, since I was two or three years old, yeah. baseball and basketball. That was it, man. So I played in high school. Played club at Furman. Grew up a huge Yankees fan. Uh, my mom was a huge Yankees fan when she was a kid. Uh, she grew up love loving Yogi Berra. Um, she would have like Yogi Bear. My dad's favorite. Really? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he is—he's the greatest, I think, man. Some of his sayings are just impeccable, yeah. and like oh, for sure. his yogiisms, you cannot replace him. He's a gem of all gems. There are two. The so there's yogiisms, which are top, and then there were the Dean brothers who played in St. Louis. And if you—if oh, you're yeah. not familiar with Dizzy and Daffy Dean, oh, man. oh my gosh, they got okay. booked. It's—it's just as much entertainment, just as much fun. Joining us on the program, Forrest Stolting. He's media relations for the Isotopes, and you've been in the position for five days, and you've been in town for six days. Nine and ten. <laughs> so, so brand new to Albuquerque, you'd spent yeah. zero time sometime? Well, so I, I've been coming to the Southwest since I was a little kid, so my parents teach at Furman, so we'd go on these two- or three-week vacations, and then sometimes you'd just drive across the country. And I've been coming through Albuquerque since I was a little kid. Um, mm-hmm. Went to a game here in 2014. Uh, went on, like, a, a Furman trip, a sponsored trip in 2014. Went to Isotopes game. Went to Farmington, Albuquerque, Santa Fe. So I've been around the Southwest a decent amount, but never spent – much time in Albuquerque at all, so it's been fun seeing the the city f- up close over the, these uh, first two weeks or so. And so, why Albuquerque? Mm. Were you just like b- carpet bombing resumes, or did you like have your eye on Albuquerque? And did I was, you, I'm did you get poached? Like, how did this work? So, pretty much, I'm just looking to fulfill a dream and work in Major League Baseball. And I was working with the Single A team, High team with the with the Greenville Drive, and I got wind that the AAA job was open, so I. I applied, and the next thing I knew, I was talking to Josh, and then John, and then the whole team, and now I'm here pretty much. So it kind of went, went pretty quickly, really. It's the hottest chick you had a shot with, and you just shot your shot. Exactly. There yeah, might go. as well, nice. right? Yeah. <laughs> so you have, you mentioned Josh first, and Josh is Josh Shushan, voice of the He's Isotopes. incredible, yeah. And, and I don't know if it's often known just how many different hats individuals wear, personnel wear, 
at this level of baseball. Josh does a ton more. He does, yeah. I mean, he's not your everyday broadcaster, that's sure. He's in sales, he's in marketing, social media. He does it all pretty much for the Isotopes. So whenever you two first connected, was the conversation primarily about media relations or was it about everything that's just not inter- like put in the job description? I mean, it was mostly media relations and how I would fit into the job role specifically, but obviously in minor league baseball, it always says, like, other duties as a sign. Right. So what other things can you do to bring benefit outside of your job title to the club? And that was one of the things we talked about uh, in the interview I had with him. So for about, I think, an hour maybe, first time, first discussion we had. So, so what, what are your strengths and your previous gigs? What have you had success with, and what are you excited to bring to the Isotopes? Yeah, so I'm a big writer, obviously. My dad is a – English composition writer, taught it for years at Furman, so I grew up. It's a humble brag, man. (laughs) (laughs) I was going to say Write that down. Write that down. So my grammar, I like to think, is pretty good. So I'm a good writer. I like to bring uh, things alive to the fans. So I have this saying where, like, it's easier for fans to cheer for people than it is for players. And so you kind of can can bring their story alive and uh, convey that to the the fans. And I think it's going to be – it's much easier to have a successful franchise and a stronger fan base. And so hopefully I can bring my word, whether it's uh, actual words or through video or through talk, um, and just bring more fans out to the stadium through getting to know our, our players and our organization better. Forrest Stolting yeah. joining us. He's the media relations Director, or manager, whatever. manager. Okay, yeah. media relations. Yeah, media relations for the Isotopes. And this is uh, well, this is kind of your first media here in town. It is. Yeah, it's been great so far. I mean, y'all been really good hosts. We had lunch the other day. It was great to meet y'all. Yeah. And so this is kind of good. We had a, a press conference on Tuesday, but I don't get to talk to many of the media. Like one on one is pretty much just thrown in there with Warren, and then it was a little bit of a scrum type deal on Zoom. And so, but this right. is really my first interaction, one on one, if you will, with the media for sure. So how much did Warren in the office roast us the day after we had him on? <laughs> we no had comment. A, no <laughs> comment. <laughs> we, we usually don't have snafus like that. Yeah, but, it happens, but when we know? do, it's totally on De- brand. Deserving yeah. it was. Yeah. And uh, so Josh Shushan, voice of the ice tubs, uh, he's, he's like, hey, guys, just, you know, here's a little scouting report on what's going on. He sends it to us. So I print it and, and double-size lettered and, and laminate it and hang it up it on right on the wall. <laughs> so it's, we have it now there. Can't miss it. Yeah, it's in the studio moving forward. So Good. A, level of, a level of laughter and a level of fun. Hopefully we can add to that as the season goes on as well. Oh, we so. absolutely will. More and, fun facts. Well, and that's the thing with, like, like Josh Shushan or John Traub or, like, any of those guys over at the ice tubs that are Warren. Warren's a prime example. Oh, There's yeah. big personalities over there. Sure. Yeah. Yeah, sure. do you, whenever you first walked in, like you opened the doors for the first time in, do you feel it immediately? Was it a warm welcome? What was your first experience with the Isotopes? I mean, it was a great warm welcome. I mean, I got in there, talked to one of the sales guys who was behind the desk. He immediately brought John up, and then John was walking me around, and it was just a, a really warm and heartfelt welcome from everybody I met initially. And then John took me around the ballpark, showed me all the inner workings of it, and really took any questions I had. Or We, didn't, we chatted for about an hour straight. As on the tour, so it was a great warm welcome from John and the entire staff. And you showed up wearing a drive polo, and they oh, were like, what course. are you doing? Y- Yankee, were, Yankees hat. Yeah, super know. smart. <laughs> well, and it's funny you say the Yankees because, to me, like, the Isotopes are the Yankees of Albuquerque. Like, this, like it, yeah. this is the biggest deal here. Yeah. And, and to come in and have an opportunity to – you know, not just through media relations, but um, duties as assigned. Yeah, you know, right. to be able to penetrate in the community and use the billboard and platform that is baseball here in town to help others. It's an honor for oh sure. Oh, my gosh. I mean, it's one of the baseball, that's why baseball is so great because it can affect people and reach people in so many different ways, and it's a great platform to kind of help bring others up a level a little bit and kind of 
and help improve their lives in any way we can. We're going to take a break just a minute early so we can come back with Forrest Stolting, the media relations director for the Isotopes. Uh, and what I've done, Van, is I've prepared a little uh, <coughs> Albuquerque trivia Uh-oh. for Old Forrest. <laughs> We're going to see what he doesn't know and what we can laugh about. We're two men on 95.9 FM, AM 610, the Sports Animal. We are back live from O'Neill's in Knob Hill, and uh, we had failed our friends on the live stream, man. We didn't have Forrest on, but we do now. So, hey we, how so you doing? Forrest is there now, and we are laughing. So, obviously, you're new to the Isotopes. Uh, you're yeah. not new to baseball. You got a world no, of experience no. in baseball. You're gonna I bring think so. you're gonna bring a fun mix of ideas and things that you created at previous walks of your life of to the team. You're gonna introduce them to the community. What is the thing you're most excited about bringing in? What is the mm. what is the thing that you had a lot of success with previously that you're excited to introduce to the Isotopes baseball team in the Albuquerque community? I guess probably the biggest thing would be in different stops is bringing in various companies, organizations in the community, like in Greenville, like Michelin, BMW, yeah. and having them come out for oh, like, small names. Like, like advanced manufacturing night and have them bring out robots and, and oh how cool and cool things like interactive things that the, that the, the kids can play with and whatnot and so i feel like that really can help spur business growth and also educational growth within the city and help raise money that way so you mentioned the ballpark earlier and i don't want to gloss over the fact that we're very lucky here in albuquerque oh, beautiful to have rio grande isotopes park like what was it like day one like walking into work walking into the lab and you're like this is my office. Yeah, I mean, seeing the three stories when you first pull up is just like, wow, this is it. This is incredible. Yeah. I mean, it's just absolutely it's flabbergasting because there's a beautiful ballpark. Then walking, my favorite part was probably walking out in the press box and looking over the field and seeing the, the grass, the hill, the trees behind center field, and then the Sandia Mountains in the background. Yeah, it's, it's a special just one thing. of the best backdrops you ever yeah, find in gorgeous. major league in, a, in professional Have baseball. you been fortunate enough to catch the sunset there yet? Not at the park oh, yet. Okay. I'm, I'm waiting to do Ooh. that on a special night. So hopefully before too long we can do that because it's going to be – I'm a big sunset guy. Yeah, so. the the way the Sandias light up a pink when the sunset hits over uh, over the ballpark is – well, it's as special as anything here. Sure. It means watermelon, if I'm mistaken, Sandia right? Sandia means watermelon yeah. in Spanish. That's Look, correct. Yeah. He's going to do, do great on this quiz. <laughs> when a, I'm a cultural guy, you know. <laughs> All right, I got a bunch of them here. Forrest, <clears throat> when a waiter asks you red or green, what are they asking? <laughs> Forrest, when a waiter asks you red or green, what are they asking? It's definitely not wine. No. <laughs> oh, my God, green wine. <laughs> it's, um, it's not green eggs or ham. We'll throw you a bone here. Yeah, what okay. you got? I, cause I have no idea. That, sir, is your chili preference, and it is a oh, very big, it is yeah, a very okay. big deal here. I should, okay, and I I'm looking, I'm that. looking at, looking directly yeah. at you, he, Josh Shushan. This is your fault. That's did, the first thing you got to teach he, him. He did. He, first, he went to lunch. <laughs> he got me some good, some good enchiladas, and got red, okay, so red and had, green chili. Okay, but, was, but it's not I, called yeah, we'll that. See, that's C. That's option C. That would be Christmas. Christmas. Oh. Yeah, you get red and green. So there like you that. go. There you go. <clears throat> what historic road runs through Albuquerque? Route 66. Okay. That, okay. Yeah, we're okay. That was an easy one. Yeah, mean, well, we thought on. the first one was an easy one. Uh, <laughs> Albuquerque is a special cookie. What is it? Hmm. I'm going to go sugar. Well, technically, that's an ingredient that's in it. Yes, uh, all, <laughs> yeah. all cookies are sugar cookies. Uh, the biscuchita. Uh, you biscuchitos. Need, biscuchitos. You need to try that. Biscuchitos. It is 
Uh, well, it's insanely good. It's big, a, mm. a big every uh, holiday season. Mm. How, do you pr- how do you pronounce that again? Biscochito. Biscochito. Okay. Okay. Um, the best restaurants in town, including O'Neill's, are located in what neighborhood? Knob Hill. That's yeah. That's okay. absolutely correct. I live around here, so yeah. that's the slam dunk. For he's me. a new. He's a Knob <laughs> Hill resident. That's an easy one for him. What gemstone mm. is most popular here in Albuquerque? Good. I don't even know this one. It's also a color. I mean, what are you doing here? Uh, okay. I mean, <laughs> turquoise? It is turquoise. That is absolutely. That's, that, that's, that's a gemstone of the entire Southwest. Okay. Yes. Well, no, it's Albuquerque. You don't go to. Where, where else is that? Am I being an idiot? I mean, they like make, every, like, literally I everywhere. I mean, like a lot of Native Americans use it. It's a prominent sure, sure, color sure. in the Southwest. Okay, I'll buy that. All right, I'll, I'll take that one back. All right, it's cool <laughs> <to> you. <laughs> the Albuquerque Balloon Fiesta. Mm-hmm. Okay. The International. How yeah. many? How many balloons are featured? In the International Albuquerque Balloon Fiesta. I'm going to say 2,500. That's that's, that's actually way too many. (laughs) Really? (laughs) (laughs) A little overzealous there, huh? 600 registered last year. Wow, okay. And at its peak, 800. But they've they've scaled back because the field's only. Also, bring the fam in the town this October for for that. You can't miss that. I've been to uh, Cappadocia in Turkey, and they do their own little balloon fest out there. So oh, I, like a I, JV one, like a not quite as good of, one? Of course. Yeah, yeah, it's okay. only like 300, so, you know. Yeah. <laughs> what is the elevation of Albuquerque 50, within like 100 feet? 5,200. 53. Oh, that's uh, 5314 is the yeah. official elevation. Yeah. Okay, so I'm going to call that one a hit. We're, we are also a mile-high city. Yes, sir, we are. How we're, when we're older, high, than, we're older than Denver. Really? So we should be the Mile High City. What Albu- the heck? Albuquerque is at or near 600 years old, depending on who you ask. My goodness. So, And you would learn that if you took the ghost hunting tour downtown in I Old Town. I will get there, Fred. <laughs> <laughs> we, uh, for, the, for the friend of the show, we, we were eating lunch the other day, and I was like, this, we were talking about must-dos. We are talking about tour. We are talking about the Sandias. We are talking about Hamez. We are talking about all these things you go and do in town. And I said, well, number one, you go take this ghost tour that I took when I moved to town because it is just a history lesson. Whenever you ask me, I'll go. How about yeah. that? What well, no. <laughs> Oh, date night. <laughs> I mean, we started Noisy Water Winery. Yeah. Yeah, we have, yeah, have a Chardonnay. We, they'll ask you red or green. You'll pick red. And then, <laughs> yeah, and then we'll, yeah, we'll do the whole thing. Right on. The top of the Sandia Peak is how many feet? Oh, I think it's 97 it's not very close at all. Nice and hundred, it's not. No. So the restaurant is ten thousand three hundred feet, and its highest point is thirteen thousand. Oh wow! Yeah, there so go. there you go. You're learning that one. When at the top of the observation deck, how many miles on a clear day can you see? I'm gonna guess ten. It's eleven thousand. There's eleven thousand <laughs> square miles you can see from the what? top of the peak. Oh, you didn't say square miles. Yeah, ex- okay. yeah that's, that's cheating. Uh, that's, yeah, that's, 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 miles that's and so square miles is so two different. different things. Yeah, you were close. Yeah, you were like your aunt, cube. Your answer exactly. Yeah, and that's, and it's that's correct. And that's about it's it. Correct. Yeah, yeah, strike that. It. Reverse it. Yeah. Yep. It, it, yeah. What can you say? What is the name of the famous racing family from Albuquerque? It's not the Petties. No, no. <laughs> they are actually the arch rival yep. of, of this family. Oh. Mm-hmm. Oh, God. I'm from the South. I'm not a big NASCAR guy, I must say. It's not just NASCAR. It's all racing. Racing. Um, not the Earnhardts. They're from Charlotte, North Carolina. The Unzers. Was Unzers. The Unzers. The Unzer family. Yeah. I've gotten that one. Yeah. Bobby, Big Al, and Al Jr., and if you haven't been to the museum, I would strongly encourage you to go. It's another uh, thing to put on that? the list. Where, 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 where is that in Albuquerque? Well, we have a road called Unzer. 
Oh, well, pardon me. The museum is not on Nosser. No, it's not. Oh, come the, on. The road and the museum are two different places. Uh, it's actually uh, volunteer. It's all volunteer-based. But um, our very good friend Bob Clark actually is one of the top guys over there. Go over there, ask for introduce yourself. He, he hosted Afternoon Drive forever here in town. Right on. And he will just give you the entire history of the Unzers with more passion than anyone you could ever speak to. Like, he, he has a love for it and that family. So That's awesome. It is very good. What two highways intersect at the Big Eye? 40 and 25. All right, well, that's a, that's a good one. That's a, that's a super good one. Van, did I miss any cultural ones? These were all just off Carrie Tingley's website of fun facts about <laughs> Albuquerque. Um, No. I think those are those are the big ones. How'd I do? How'd I do? Chili. Very. Chili balloons and uh, cinnamon cookies. That's oh. Fun. That's what I got to work on. Yeah. Yeah. Fun fact. In square miles. Yeah. Square miles. Wait, I, I wouldn't have got that one. There's no way. Albuquerque has more than 172 city parks, which I did not know. Wow. That's so a lot. Go. We have more parks per capita than New York City. Get the heck out of here. They, and, they, and, they, and they have Central Park, which is bigger than Albuquerque. <laughs> Beautiful park, by the way. That's yeah, crazy that's thought. That's that crazy, can't right? be true. It's true. Wow. Consult, consult the goose. There's no way that's really. true. 100%. It's because all the true. tiny parks tucked it's, in each neighborhood. Well, there you go. Learning a little bit, learning a lot. Uh, yeah, but do welcome to the city, obviously, Thanks, for man. sure, for us. We're excited to be here. We're excited to do a lot of fun things. Obviously, sure. the boys will be out there live from Isotopes Park. Uh, well, every opportunity you give us. I mean, whenever you want to come down, come on down, man. So we're happy to have you whenever. So. Yeah. Opening day is what day? I think it's April 12th, I believe. 11th? I believe it's the 11th. Maybe the 11th. Yeah, yeah, so opening day is the you 11th. missed that one, too. God, <laughs> <No>. darn it. <laughs> <laughs> opening on the road this year. Yeah, no OKC, okay, yeah. Yeah, which is okay. Yeah. You oh, could, you, you you could the, see it a little better, maybe. There. <laughs> Absolutely missed the punchline there. OKC okay, is. I got, oh, I, got, I got it. It's okay. It's okay. It's okay. Oklahoma. So, so maybe, so maybe yeah. you got to go see it, you know? All right, that's actually pretty good. <laughs> the, uh, the funniest thing about OKC, so their team – uh, they're they're broadcast locally there in town on mm-hmm. the sports animal. So why Love that? Yeah, why do they yeah. shout out to the sports animal? Trying to be us. We're radio to, Eskimo bros. Trying to be your boys. <laughs> that doesn't make any sense. Forrest, thank you so very much. Uh, anything we missed about you or the isotopes or anything at large before we let you go? I don't think so. Shout out to Joey and let's have a fun time here in, Albu- in Albuquerque. Yeah, and we're doing we're gonna start that fun time here at O'Neill's. Thank you so very much. Forrest Stolting, the media relations director for the Albuquerque Isotopes. They just turned they just set the mood in here for oh, you. Man. Lights went down. Ooh. Lights Isn't went j- down. Some slow jazz playing Turn soon. Off the lights. Our friend John Lopez Light just walked in. And we will try to catch him after we let Forrest go to talk a little bit about what's going on here in the real estate market and what's going on in Albuquerque and why now is the time for you, Forrest, you're brand new to town. To start look, start yeah. looking for a new I home. I have to. I have to. I mean, now is better than ever, right? That's a, well, and John will absolutely convince you of that he's a hundred percent. I can't wait. He's got more energy than anyone <laughs> I've ever met. Dave and Buster's presents two men on live from O'Neill's at the remote John Lopez Real Estate and Coldwell Banker Legacy Studio. We're powered by New Mexico Pinion Coffee. We play on Team I Nine. Start our days at the YMCA. Spend our evenings at the Electric Playhouse. Ninety five point nine FM, AM six ten. The Sports Animal. Back live from O'Neill's in Knob Hill. And, I mean, we're to that point where we don't even really have to introduce him anymore. John Lopez on the show. John Lopez of John Lopez. Coldwell Banker Legacy Real Estate Mortgage and everything that's involved in everything that you need to buy a house. John, how are you? Boys, I'm so happy to be back here live in the 
John Lopez Studio at O'Neill's. It's the remote, remote John Lopez. Yeah. The remote. The mobile studio. I like it. You brought the whole fam out. Oh, well, I brought half of them. You yeah. got six kids. That's that's a fair amount of children. Those are the three I like. That's okay. <laughs> <laughs> John, we were just talking with Forrest as he got up because he's brand new in town. Forrest Stolting of the Albuquerque Isotopes. He's the new media relations and obviously I was like, hey, this is my friend John. He's a real estate guy. And immediately you started telling him what people need to know when they're brand new in town. And what is that when you come to town and you're looking for a home? Well, you know what? Right now, like I teach a lot of my agents, I go, we got to know the today's market. You know what I mean? I get a lot of the questions like, hey, what about foreclosures? Well, you know what? The foreclosure market was awesome 10 years ago. That's not the market today. Today is the market if you want to sell and you need to sell. You're guaranteed to sell with the low inventory we got. I just pulled some quick stats for you guys. Literally, we've talked about this before. We should have over 4,500 homes on the market for the size of our population and surrounding areas. And I just checked. We have 366 homes on the market right now, single-family residents. Think about that. 300 homes for sale. That's it. We had 10% over a million, 35 homes, 10% under 200,000. We got no, our inventory is so low that right now is the best time to sell if you need to. But if you can hold on, it's the best time to hold on because we're growing at a top rate that I've never seen before. Not only did you inform our new friend Forrest about the housing market, you tried to recruit Josh Shushan to work on, work <laughs> with you. So if, if people, all the loyal listeners are curious... Where do they find about employment in the real estate world? Well, you call John Lopez Real Estate, <laughs> and I will help you. You know, as past president of our association, um, you know, I mean, I feel very privileged to have hold that title, and I take it on as a personal responsibility to find the best talent in our state to represent our people for listing and selling. I want somebody <coughs> who will help the people when the time is right. And so when I meet a guy like that, you can instantly see that there's something shiny about him. So I do recruit quite a bit. I do recruit when I see some talent <laughs> immediately, but as he shot me down, he'd rather be a superstar <laughs> for isotopes than come work on the John Lopez Real Estate Group. Hey, when you, <laughs> when you love your job, you never work a day in your life. I love it. 505-991-3386. Connect with John Lopez uh, to buy a home, to sell your home, or I guess maybe if you want to dip your yeah, toe in the world of... Change your career. <laughs> Well, is that a thing during COVID? Was that a big push for people to, to find kind of their own employment and to find, be able to be their own boss and, and live the real estate world? You know, that's such a great question. Um, we didn't really see a surge in new applicants, but I'll give you an example. When you call, and, and yes, this is a plug for the John Lopez Real Estate. Company, as it should be. As it should be. But think about my team. I've got a retired colonel that works on my team pretty good i've got a doctor of pharmacy who left her job as a doctor of pharmacy to come work for me i've got past professional builders who gave up building because they wanted to be part of the real estate part every single one of our members has a postgraduate degree a college degree or a postgraduate degree you know what i mean you don't have to have all that to be in real estate but that's my team that's who i recruit for my team now, if somebody just wants to dip their toe, as you put it, into real estate, mm -hmm. we can get you on the path, get you educated, get you trained, everything from door knocking to writing contracts, and get you making money within 10 to 12 months. But that's the key. Who has 10 to 12 months for their first paycheck? Sure. That's the challenge for most people who want to get into real estate. And you mentioned building. What's the building market look like now? Because Albuquerque proper 
doesn't have a lot of land to expand. Mm -hmm. We got volcanoes, we got a mountain, mm -hmm. we got reservations, and we got Albuquerque smack dab in the middle. What's the building market looking like? I mean, that's a great, great question. And I represent a couple of subdivisions that have land for building. I have a, uh, uh, um, a subdivision out in Nature Point. It's 15 minutes from here, just east, right behind the mountain. Gated community, beautiful clubhouse, two-acre properties. I hadn't shown one lot in the last three months of the year. The first two weeks of 2022, I sold six lots. People coming in to buy land so they could start building. We're going to build our way out of this uh, low evolving uh, uh, inventory that we got, guys. Oh, cool. So, so building's picking up. Construction's picking up. We can get some really positive leadership down at the city and the county that can really help us push through these permits a little bit quicker. Man, we'd be really rolling. Correction from the texter from our previous segment with Forrest Stolting. I said Bob Clark over at the Unzer. Bob Clark obviously hosts on KKOB. Bob Brown. Bob, Bob Brown. Brown. Oh, Bob Brown. So that's – I tell you what, that's a like a fault of mine as a broadcaster. I will start talking so fast. I, I didn't – I knew what you were trying to say, and I didn't even know. Didn't even register. So, yeah, thank Here's you. one I always get right. John Lopez. <laughs> John, what is it? All right, so normally you come dressed in the nines. Normally yeah. you come suited up. Nor I was like, we're going to be in O'Neal's. I know I'm going to be outdressed. You were in your coach's get up. <laughs> well, you know, I am a working dad. And, yeah. Uh, when uh, I get the opportunity to coach my kids with six kids, I seem to always be coaching something. So now I have the privilege to coach uh, Hope Husky Elementary Basketball. Aww. My first grader and second grader, he's uh, learning basketball. And so right after I get off of work, I head down there. I pick up the kids. We go to coaching. And then I had to wait for my football players to finish. And then I rushed over here to be with you guys. Well, I mean, perfectly understandable. I mean, you know, working man, working dad. Working dad. Which one do you work harder at, being a dad or being a real estate oh, agent? being a dad. Number yeah. one, we got God, family, and then everything else, baby. That's the way it should be. <laughs> John Lopez, thank you so very much for taking the time with us. We got to grab. The, oh, we got time after the break. Let's do yeah. one more. You got time for I one more? Because I, I want to pour one out to your Steelers. Oh, uh, that's what I was just about to say. Oh. In true Fred fashion, steals it for me. Oh, and oh, and also O'Neal's here in Knob Hill. They just brought your food, so it's going to get a little cold on the on the table over there while we wait. Dave Busters presents Two Men On live from O'Neal's at the Mobile John Lopez Real Estate and Coldwell Banker Legacy Studio. We're powered by New Mexico Opinion Coffee. We play on Team I-9. Start our days at the YMCA and spend our evenings at the Electric Playhouse. It's 95.9 FM, AM 610, the sports animal. Back live from O'Neal's in Knob Hill. We're laughing a lot today. We spent a lot of time with our new friend, Forrest Stolting. He is the media relations for the Isotopes. And he, uh, Kim Kirshen walked in with Locker 505. John, I know you I love Kim. care He's about her deeply. So amazing. Yeah, you, you have been a big supporter of Locker 505 for a long time. Oh, big time. Mikey over here, we had the privilege to have Mikey inside our uh, – Coldwell Banker area, and he's kind of like the fuel that brings it to every single time yeah. we have an opportunity to help Locker 505. Such an amazing, amazing charity. Hey, well, when, when's the next casino night? <laughs> Let's were, do that again ASAP. Hey, don't be bragging in front of the third wheel over it's, there. I mean, come on here, guys. Come on, guys. I mean, I was busy. I got, I got like other walks. I got other walks. He wears a lot of. We wear a lot of hats. So, uh, so exactly. we want to talk a little bit of sports, obviously, because John, we know you're a big Pittsburgh Steelers fan. Still am. Always will be, and I'm actually more impressed after that last game. What? <laughs> that they, what? That they had the balls to show up? What? <laughs> is that what you, I, I don't even know I could make that one make sense in my head. It Obviously, uh, they were not heavily favored there against the, the Chiefs at the end of the year, but. I mean, Let's put it this way. 
I know we lost, but I only watched the first quarter, and it was an amazing first quarter. Oh, my God. Yeah. (laughs) T.J. Watt had that big impact you guys needed. And then uh, story career, though, right, for Ben Roethlisberger. Absolutely. You know, you cannot take anything away. You know, I think he went in, unfortunately, with the attitude we're going to lose, which kind of disappointed me because I love Big Ben. But I think he was done. I think we all kind of get to that point in our stage of our career where I think we're okay where we're at. We know what's going to happen and then ready to move on. And I love Ben, and, and he went out with class, but I think he knew this was just a big ask. A little a little outmatched the very last. Yeah. I, I thought it was great that the last home game, they mm-hmm. got a W against the Browns, which he's dominated his whole career. Yeah. And so he got, I mean, to me that was the send-off. Yeah. Like that was the goodbye Big Ben not the loss in the playoffs of the Chiefs. That was Derek Jeter with an extra base or with a base hit and extra innings to win the game. Not going down to Tampa Bay yeah, for three. The, just take the next weekend off. Like, so what? What's <laughs> next for you boys though? Like Mike Tomlin's obviously going to stay around. There's, Absolutely. there's. I mean, you're not going to change any of that stuff up front. But I mean, for the first time ever, you're looking at a quarterback, right? You're looking Mason Rudolph and see the truth to you. No, no. But you know, if we don't focus necessarily on the quarterback and we focus on the team and the coach. You guys got to admit, we got a lot of possibilities yeah. in our future. You sure. know, we got the Watt, you know, we got the running back, we got the receiver. Najee Harris is very good. Najee, oh, that boy, you know what I mean? Great receiving. How, how about the Deep. first fumble ever in a, in a playoff oh, game yeah. for this young man? <laughs> like, I don't even think he fumbled in college, did he? Nope, not once, oh. not all year this year. Yeah, so he led the league in carries, and he's the only, people, the only running back with that many carries, not the fumble. Well, let's think about that. What does that mean? Because literally, if he hasn't fumbled, that tells you the pressure that you are in the first playoff game must be pretty in there. Because for him to fumble after all these years, that, that, that's saying something. You know, I mean, there's sure. a lot of pressure for these boys. And they, they poked it just right. Yeah. That's going to happen. Yeah. It doesn't matter how sure-handed you are. Eventually, yeah. some defensive player gonna is going to hit the, the ball just right. Well, and there's something to be said, too, about you're saying some defensive. But it's that coordination, right? Where they're like, hey, we notice when he gets wrapped up on the left side, the ball sure. comes up a little higher, a little bit, whatever. I mean, you know, these guys, are they're paid really high dollars to – to find and identify those kind of things. The offseason for the Steelers is going to be a big deal. Drafting 20th overall. And the way I recognize this Steelers team is you're just going to go with whoever's best available, right? Nothing big, nothing flashy. You don't you don't go up to the top ten for any reason. No, because I, I think the team is, is really the team for the Steelers, you know. And you've seen us get rid of people who are big stars. Sure. You know, and there's a sure. few that we can mention. And I'm like, why, why those guys still have – three four five unbelievable playmaking years left why get rid of them and the Steelers feel more in my opinion about the actual team and that's what we got we just need that leader and you know anything from the older guy experienced guy that they're talking about bringing in to kind of take advantage of our of our young team to let's start from scratch we got a question from the audience here let's uh pivot back to real estate yes sir so fortunate to buy my house with no down payment because of being a veteran is this something that John Lopez can help my local fellow veterans with? Absolutely. Absolutely. We've really specialized. You know, I was so excited about coming today because today is exactly one year since I lost my dad, who was a veteran last year. You guys remember that? And we've always been fortunate to work with a lot of veterans and to really help them out. You know, I've got a retired colonel on my team. I've got an active uh, soldier on my team right now. So we really care a lot about the veterans. We take great care of them. So, yes, I'd absolutely be honored to be able to help these guys. 
speaking of that relationship and anniversary of your father's passing, uh, the Steelers were a big part of that relationship, right? Huge, huge. Do you have that same kind of dynamic with your kids? Is it are they introduced in loving it the way the way you were either made to or or did on your own as a youth? Hey, we got the look answer at my right boys. there. We got a Steelers hoodie. <laughs> look yeah. what they're wearing. I got Demetrius, yeah. I got Aiden, I got Johnny, and uh, we got some Steeler gear going on right there. It's. <laughs> It's almost like an infection you can never get rid of, fandom, right? You know, the weirdest part about it, and I don't know if you guys feel this, but because I was literally brainwashed to love the Steelers, yeah. I was also brainwashed to hate the, the, pick, uh, the Dallas Cowboys. I don't know why. Yes. I just hate them. But when you're born <laughs> in the 70s, you are raised to either love the Cowboys or love the Steelers because of all the things that happened in the 70s. and. I wish I didn't hate the Cowboys because they have my favorite colors. The colors of my company, blue. Oh. Well, it is what it is. I got one last question on the quarterback thing because you have the fan perspective, and it's important to me. Mm-hmm. Before Ben Roethlisberger, I thought the Steelers were ahead of the curve with guys like Cordell Stewart. I thought the Steelers were going to sure. go with a mobile, and I thought they were going to utilize like wide backs. I thought, especially Antoine Randall-L, whenever they had Antonio Brown. There's just kind of a Heinz Ward. They, to me, have always been a really athletic able to do a lot of things team but then they kind of had that statue of a quarterback yeah mm-hmm. do you feel when you look at this team moving forward because i think they're going to go that other direction do you feel you're going to be rubbing your eyes clear to make sure you're seeing the steelers well let's think about how many other quarterbacks in the nfl are similar to big ben very few now got a big boy you can't bring down you know big hands who can do that fake pump up until about four years ago yeah <laughs> you know <laughs> <laughs> he brought a lot to the game and that is a style that we did have but I'll be honest, Cordell Stewart, come on, man. Ilga was so fun to watch. And the reason why I really adore the Steelers is because they're the type that go outside the box. They're the type that will do an onside kick on the very kickoff of the game. They're the kind that will go for fourth down. They go for it. And having Cordell Stewart was so fun to watch. But the problem with those mobile quarterbacks is what happens. They can take a hit. Sure. Yeah, they get hurt. But nowadays in this new game, you can't even blow towards a quarterback, so maybe a mobile quarterback's the way to go. Because yeah. if you even look at him, mean you get flagged. I wouldn't be surprised if they bring in a guy like a Tyrod Taylor. I wouldn't be surprised if they bring in a guy who can really move around with Najee Harris, be exciting, and, and take a little bit of a chance. Because we'll talk about James Harrison real quick. James Harrison was an undrafted linebacker, and they hung the whole hat of the defense on him. Mm-hmm. And they were like, "You, we recognize talent, we recognize game. So that's how I see the Steelers moving forward. They have an opportunity to... I don't bring in like a real dynamic playmaker, and I think open up their team to a brand new fan base through exciting play. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And, and Tomlin came out and said that he wants a mobile quarterback for his next quarterback. He's already and let, the, let the dog out of the bag or the sure. cat out of the bag. So do you, do you think the Steelers are like actual players in the big quarterback trade market going after Russell Wilson, going after Aaron Rodgers, going after Deshaun Watson? Or do you think they want to bring in their own guy? I, I truly – you know what I mean? From an outside point of view, I really think that they want to start building again. You know what I mean? If I was the team owner, I would get that stud to come in to capitalize on Najee and what we have right now and see if we can go to the Super Bowl in the next one or two years since we have this young talent. But I think a lot of our guys are young enough that if we get that young mobile quarterback and start grooming him by the third year, we're going to have some synergy. And I think we're going to really come on the, you know, make our headway back up to the Super Bowl again. Great John, John Lopez is joining us, our Pittsburgh Steeler insider, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> John, uh, obviously we always kind of recap everything we go over with you at the end of the time that you're on with us. Again, just for the friends of the show that maybe missed the opening segment, what's currently going on in the market and, and what could you be excited about in the world of buying or selling your home? 
You know, right now we have an influx of people coming in after the big companies that have set their poles here in New Mexico. I think we got 10 years of growth. Right. Uh, a lot of the naysayers want to sit back and say we're at the end of our uh, of our appreciation cycle, and the economy can do whatever they want to do. But the reality is, we're the you know fifth largest state in the nation, arguably the best weather across the nation. Seventy-seven percent of the year we're covered by sunlight, man. Seventy-seven. It. I love it. That seems low. <laughs> no, like sunlight available to the earth. Hey, Google yeah. that. <laughs> I think it's Google. in the 90s. <laughs> <laughs> and with all that great stuff, people are coming here, guys. We're safe. We're beautiful. We have wonderful people out here, and we've got so much growth and opportunity. It's time to really see Albuquerque, you know, finally make its stride, and we're going to do well, guys. John Lopez, thank you so very much for taking the time, and thank you for coming out to O'Neill's. Man, anytime I get to hang out with you guys, yeah, geez, baby. come on. Whenever we get back from the break, uh well, Kim Kirshen looks a little busy. So we'll do sports, and we'll bring her on at 630. Let's do yeah. that. One sports segment before we bring on our friend of the show, Kim Kirshen, Executive Director of Locker Number 505. You're listening to, excuse me, Dave Busters Presents. Tune in on live from O'Neill's from the mobile John Lopez Real Estate and Coldwell Banker Legacy Studio. We're powered by New Mexico Opinion Coffee. We play on Team I-9. Start our days at the YMCA and spend our evenings at the Electric Playhouse. It's 95.9 FM, AM 610. The Sports Animal. Back live from O'Neill's in Knob Hill. We've been laughing a lot and playing a lot. It's been a lot of fun. Thank you to John Lopez who joined us. Talk about his Steelers. Wah, wah, wah. <laughs> Want to talk baseball before we brought Kim Kirshen on. And we thought, well, if we're going to talk baseball, just sitting in the peanut gallery over here, bringing back to the show, Forrest, um, excuse me. Stolting. Forrest Stolting joining it's us. Dutch, if you don't know. Media relations <laughs> for the Ice Dubs. And Josh Sushan, friend of the show, voice of the Ice Dubs. Welcome to the program, boys. Well, you guys have said a lot of nice things about me, and I appreciate it, but here's the problem. Yeah. I have to leave O'Neill's when we're done, and right now my head's not going to fit through the door. Yes. So <laughs> we, need to, we need to stop all of the nice things you guys have been saying hey. about me and get back to real. So I have ne- we've never really had this talk on air, and I'll, I'll, I'll take a little bit of an audible here. After you do get done with the big game, because this happens to me, you know, I, I, I'm the voice of New Mexico Highlands, and, and obviously I do some stuff with the runners, and there is a moment for me after I get done broadcasting a big game where I sit in the car, and it's only me and the dashboard lights, and it's like a letdown. Like, do you have that same moment? Depends on the game, honestly. Yeah. Like, some of the huge comebacks that we had, like the 10-run comeback to beat Oklahoma City. Yes, that one, and then we had one where it was late in the season, the final home stand, and literally 14 pitches to seven batters, and we scored like three or four runs in the wow. bottom of the ninth or tenth or whatever. And that one, I swear, I woke up the next morning, and I still had the adrenaline flowing through me, right? Um, Vitel knows because he does enough of the postgame shows that he can probably hear it in my voice on the postgame when I'm doing like the recaps where the adrenaline is still there. If it's 10-1 to 1 in the seventh inning, I come down right away. <laughs> well, I don't think you understood the question. You gave, like, a real, actual answer. I think Fred was talking about all the attention and adoration yes. he gets. <laughs> oh, and then he leaves on his own. Yeah. I think that's what he meant. Because <laughs> there are moments when, there's, like, when you're like, there are thousands of people tuning into this thing, and I'm really excited, and the live broadcast is nonstop, and here's the chat, and, you have a, and then you go to the car, and it's like, I – Oh. Maybe I'll stop at Sonic on the way home. Right <laughs> alone Speaking the microphone thoughts. again, you know. No, but, you, know, you know the other thing, though, too, is there's a lot of times that I just go, could I have done that better? Right. Uh, yeah. Could, mm. could I have paused a little bit longer? Could I have sold that moment a little bit more? You know, and so the perfection in, this, in me, there's a part of me that wants to hear my call, but then I'm also, like, cringing. Did I call that the best that I could right could I have done it better and then and then I just stay up all night just thinking about how I could have done it better 
and all, there's no way to like often leave because you're in like three game series or six game series yeah. with COVID, and it's there's a lot of time in a hotel room. Mm. Yeah, there's a lot of time without access to the rest of life, and that self evaluation very important. Self depreciation though, it comes so quickly immediately to follow that. <laughs> right. So so I'm rooting for you. Um, speaking of perfection that you were talking about, all right, there are these weird rumors, guys. I guess out in the world they're going to put robots to do balls and strikes. What? I need the human element. Like, I'm, I need it. Unprecedented in AAA. It's been working its way up the last two years. The rumor mill's going crazy. A robot umpires Forrest, are you have one, that at 1A? one step closer we did not have it in, to in, Major in League high, Baseball. I've seen it in the Arizona Fall League two years ago in 2019. And let's just say there was a few calls that both the catcher and the pitcher and the batter were like, how is that possible? What is the logistics sure. of it? Is there, there still has to be like an umpire out there, right? So th- there's yeah. a there's an electronic box. The umpire has an earpiece in, and then someone up in the press box uh, radios down to him saying ball or strike. Did you do that when you were in the Arizona Fall League? I did not, but that was after I was with them. This was just me being as a prospect rider in 2019 okay. with them, so I wasn't involved in it at all. But um, it, talking with people in, with it, it was – it had its ups and downs, let's yes. put it that way. It's been in the Arizona Fall League. It's been in independent leagues. It was in Florida State League, I What believe. used to be called the Florida State yep. League, whatever it's called now. And so the internet is a buzz that it's coming to AAA West, a.k.a. Pacific Coast League. Right. The but League of the Albuquerque Institute. I like it for a lot of reasons because, you know, you get those horrible calls. You're like, oh, my God, the game hinges on you making the right call here. But also, we're going to lose the manager and umpire interactions. The manager isn't going to run out on the field and <laughs> yell at some little machine. Like, I mean, machine's upstairs. Kicking, you can't even yell kick, at it. <laughs> kicking, kicking dirt on it still works, but like, you can't just have an argument with an inanimate object. I need the human element. Like, sure. we talk about this all the time with you know some of the other sports. Baseball's a prime one. I don't need a replay of a tag at home. I don't need a replay of a close play at first. I Forget replay. Throw it out. It ruins nah, the momentum of the game. Well, it takes uh, the immediate excitement out. When, I, when the Cardinals lose because of a bad call, you really think that way? Yes. <laughs> You're still okay with it. I, what was it? Really? 19, 1986? 85? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. yeah. I was one year. <laughs> lost the World Series because of a bad call at first. Yeah. And, and the emotion that Cardinal fans still feels from that is very real Don and Dickinger. very important. Yeah. And and the thing that is so to me infuriating about it is you can't we talk about Van's a big Green Bay Packers guy, right? So Freeman catches oh. the pass on the sideline <laughs> that bounces around five times from Brett Favre. He gets up and he runs it in on Monday night football, and it's the most exciting thing in the history of all Green Bay Packers. You can just celebrate that second. You don't have to go to replay and look to see if it almost scraped the ground. You and can it, celebrate it twice. Yeah. Oh Josh. I'm a I'm a get it right guy. <laughs> I like getting it right. No. I don't want uh, an Armando yep. Galarraga to ever happen again. <laughs> That's like some of the, one of the most messed up things in the history right. of sports. When it comes to robo-umps, my feeling is I don't know if I want them yet in the major leagues. I haven't decided. But I like the concept of putting in the minor leagues so we can see sure. how it works. Sure. I like using the minor leagues as a testing ground. It's how players get tested. Are they good enough to go to the majors? Umpires get tested. Broadcasters get tested. Marketing ideas get tested to see if these ideas are any good that should be used in the major leagues. And there's a whole bunch of experimental rules that we've had over the years. We've had pitch clock. We've had you can't shift. We've had you can't be in the outfield grass if you're an infielder. We've had you have to step off if you're going to pick off. We've had all these experimental rules to see how it works. 
And so I love using the minor leagues to see mm-hmm. how it works, sure. to see how many bad calls happen that need to be corrected. And if if it works and if there's not the unintended consequences, then maybe we can put it to the major leagues. But in the meantime, it's what the minor leagues are for. Let's figure it out. I agree. And it was in the Atlanta League, Atlantic League last year, but they disbanded that this year. So that makes me questions question whether it is the reason le- the league failed legitimate yeah. or not <laughs> okay. exactly yeah well they also moved the mound back last and year that. they exactly. did a lot yeah. of weird stuff yeah, they last did. Year. yeah well that's because they were trying to buddy up with major league baseball sure. and now major yeah. league baseball is like yeah we don't need you anymore yeah. we're just gonna <laughs> try it off in these other places well and also forrest and his media and marketing mind he's like what sponsor could i put on this <laughs> <laughs> what is circuit city still out there uh-huh. let me go get radio them. shack where you at <laughs> <laughs> joining us on the program uh, Forrest Stolting, the new media relations director for the Ice Tubs, and our friend Josh Shushan, the voice of the Ice Tubs. We're talking about things going on in the world of baseball as we wait for Kim Kershaw to join us with Locker 505. So is Tampa Bay in Canada now? No. Nope. It never will be. No. They nixed that today. Who's they? Major League Baseball said you cannot split your season. You're the Tampa Bay Rays. You will play baseball in Tampa. People don't go to watch. It's an empty stadium, guys. Move to St. Petersburg, I think that'll change. They sh- hey, they show up for the playoffs, though. I was surprised. Right, it, excuse me, in the Tampa Bay City, not St. Peter. They're in St. Petersburg right now. If you move it into the Tampa, Tampa Bay City, whole other story. Much better access to the stadium. Tampa, there's one way in, one way out from St. Petersburg. Tampa Bay, the city proper to me is incredible. I don't think I've seen a skyline picture of it in the last 15 years where it's not just cranes. Like that whole city is growing and going up. And yeah, maybe if that happens, but the way they're currently set up. They're only drawing a couple thousand people. It couldn't work. You can't, you can't spend half a season at yeah. home in Florida and then half a season in Montreal. You can't do that to your players. You can't do that to your staff. You, Their families. Do, do, yeah, exactly. Yeah, do you really yeah. think that the fans are going to be that invested if halfway through the season, sorry, we're going to another country now. I, I love then, the idea. And then once theory. you get to the playoffs, where are you going to play the home games? Yeah. Are you going to divide up your home games between two different cities? You get a division, and I get a divisional, and you get a wild card, and I get a – there's got to be something. I just think because Montreal is deserving. Montreal is a big city. Montreal has got yeah. passionate fans. Montreal should have a team. For sure. But not a half season, full season. I'd like to see it. I want to see how big of a disaster it is. <laughs> to do half like, and half? Maybe the Mariners can do like half Vancouver, and then we just – every team – Do you remember it, when the Packers it, played in Milwaukee? Sure. That was a big deal. Yeah. They did for 43 years. Yeah. yeah. So, so, the Mike Vitale, you don't know, Forrest. That, if that, if that is a, impressive right there. there's not enough people talking right now. <laughs> yeah. If there is a Green Bay or Wisconsin fact, like not only will he give you like like all the deets on it, he'll give you the squeaky cheese deets exact on it. Exact He knows stuff, them yeah. all. So, uh, the Expos hey, tried this Vi- going Vitale, to Puerto Rico. What's the, what's the most popular cheese in Wisconsin? Swiss. See? There you go. <laughs> Just boom, like that. It's unreal. So <laughs> So you don't think Puerto Rico deserves baseball? What I didn't say that. Oh. I said that the I said that the Expos tried to play about a third of their games in Puerto Rico, mm-hmm. and it didn't work. It was exhausting for the team. It felt like they were never home. Sure. It wasn't truly home games, other than batting second, batting last. It wasn't really home games for the Expos, and that's why they were like, "All right, they're, they're going to D.C." You can't do a half season in one city and the other half in another city. It just doesn't work. I feel like this would be the perfect formula, though, because you could only play in the middle of the summer in Montreal. Because you can't play at the beginning of the season. You can't really play at the end. There's two domes there, yeah. Oh, forget dome. it. Also, take off the top of every building. That's unacceptable uh. to me. I Dome baseball? No. <laughs> no. Retractable <laughs> roof baseball, yes. I'm in yes. on that. Yes. Yeah. I Very love simple Phoenix. solution. Open it it's up. It's the future of baseball. I agree, yeah. 
The, if only someone would have thought of a retractable roof. No, it yeah. does exist, guys. <laughs> I get that it exists. From the texter, Josh is definitely, without a doubt, the best baseball play-by-play announcer in AAA. Amen to that. One of the top 30. Just a, <laughs> and one of the top 10 in the, in the PCL. Ellipses. Just a matter of time before he goes to the major league. Well, see, I stopped there because you remember the big head comment? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I was knocking out the door for I sure. Wanna, I didn't want to go too far with it. <laughs> that is an interesting journey, though, right? Because that's always like – that's the next step, right? Because to me it's either university or the highest level of professional sports. I, to me they're the same. I don't, I don't know if everyone feels that way. But to me they're the same. And, like, you've had an opportunity to do, like, major collegiate sports. You've had an opportunity to do AAA baseball. Like, is there a – obviously you love the ISOPs. You're part of that. But is there a gravitation to, like, a culture? Are they so significantly different? Like, is there anything about it that stands out? Between which and which? Uh, cl- high collegiate university sports and high AAA baseball. I like them both. I yeah. like them both a lot. They're, they're – even though they're – very similar. They're also totally different too, because the age of the right. You're talking about student athletes versus mm-hmm. professionals. At the collegiate level, everything goes through the head coach. Everything goes through the head coach. At professional baseball level, the only thing that goes through the manager is the baseball. Right. Well, the the Reds have an opening still, don't they? Like, did you did you send your resume to Cincinnati? The Reds do not have an opening, but <laughs> the Brewers already said no to me, and the Diamondbacks said no to me. Oh, how dare they! How dare they? There are some shoes to follow in Milwaukee, though. Like, you, you don't want to be the guy Oof. who replaces Derek Jeter. Sure. And you don't want to be the guy who replaces Bob Euchre. You're not replacing Bob Euchre. You're replacing the fill-in guy who was doing 30 games a year when That's Bob Euchre right. doesn't travel. Uh, there you go. That's a really good point. He's a world. That's the thing, too, right? There's like a world of talent in broadcasting. Was there a guy that jumped out to you when you were coming up that was oh, like, yeah. this is why I could do it? Who was that? Bill King. Oh, okay. Bill King in the Bay Area. He yeah. did the Raiders. He did the Warriors. He did the A's. When the Raiders went to Los Angeles, he commuted to Los Angeles to do those games. At one point, he did all three teams, which is insane. There was a five-year stretch where Bill King did the Raiders, the A's, and the Warriors all at the same time. And then he scaled bet back, and then he was just the A's guy. And he was he was like a member of the family. Yeah. Like, the Sushan family just loved Bill King. So when I would come home for Thanksgiving and Christmas, when I was covering the A's as a scribe, and – Guys didn't care about, like, Barry Zito. They didn't care about Eric Chavez. They didn't care about Billy Bean. My uncles and my cousins are like, what's Bill King like? Yes. Because Bill King was the best. Oh, that's insanely cool. His vocabulary is the best. Yeah. Let's let's end the debate once and for all. <laughs> we have this, like, once a month. I, I'll fight about it. Jack Buck or Vin Scully? Ooh. We're, 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 we, <laughs> you, I, it's obvious where these two lie <laughs> right. on this yeah. choice. Uh. Yeah. I mean, it's Vin. Yeah, it's Jack Buck all day. I, it's, it's, <laughs> I'm going Vin as well. This, oh, it's Vin, guys. baby. It's Vin. It's right. Vin. Maybe I recognize you guys don't know, and that's okay. It's and Vin. I'll do my best. There's ever- nothing wrong with the silver medal. There's nothing wrong. It's a very good spot. <laughs> KMOX is the voice of baseball throughout the Midwest for literally millions and millions of people. Most talented guy ever. His son is number one. We're not even fighting that's about okay. this right now. Jack Buck. He got very worked up real fast. <laughs> just, Did you see that? <laughs> that's, the, that's my Bill King. That's, yeah. yeah, yeah. When I was and Jack's up. amazing. Yeah. So good. Michael, I know we're at the break, so I'm so very sorry. Uh, Josh, we got to go for us. We got to go. Anything before we let you go, boys? Nope. Love that. Thanks a bunch. Sweet. Two men on, 95.9 FM, AM 610. The Sports Animal. Back live from O'Neill's and Knob Hill. Um, it has been a very sports-adjacent day. been a lot of laughter, and we've been enjoying it. Thank you to everyone from the Isotopes who just joined us, in, including Forrest Stolting and Josh Shushan. 
Kim Kirshen is with us. She's the executive director of Locker 505, and you walked in the building, and people just started handing you gifts. It's crazy. I love it. <laughs> I love it getting clothes. My, my staff teases me, you know, because every time I go to a meeting or do anything, they're like, oh, my God, you always come back with a donation. Yes. You always come back with clothes. And it's like, well, that's the goal. <laughs> we have we have kids yeah, to clothes. That's what we do. Yeah. Why well, is I, that weird to you? I know. They're <laughs> always like, you always, it's like, that's, you know, that's my magnetism. They give me clothes. I don't know. Maybe they don't like so the way I dress. I don't know. Voice of the Ice Stove, Josh Shushan, gave you a donation for Locker 505 when you walked in. He did. Did, did you already finger through it? Is it nice stuff? Like, it is very nice stuff. Oh, okay. We're very excited. And it's clean. He washed it. Okay. Um, we love that. Yeah, we no do have a washer and dryer, but we love when it comes in clean. No Makes dog it hair. Or yeah. okay. jo- Josh, what cologne do you wear? Yeah, that's a good question. Is it, what's that, brute? <laughs> Did it smell like Drucker Noir? Is that, what it, is that what everything smelled like? Well, you know what? That's what it was. Yeah. I was trying to figure out what that, that scent was. That's what it was. <laughs> yeah, it makes perfect sense to everyone over here. But I think kids, they forget that we do take adult sizes. I think people forget. You know, well, kids are big. His, they are. Yeah. I mean, we get kids, even in our dressing room, sometimes we get, you know, the big the big dudes or whatever. That's me. Yeah, like, and you can hear them, like, hit their elbow. They go to try on a shirt, and it's like, you know, they're hitting their elbows because they're so, so big. We keep up to 4X, sizes up to 4X. Oh, my God. So we start at 14. We go to 4X because kids come in every shape and size. Can you believe that he was a kid, that Fred was a kid one day? No. I just assumed that Fred was born exactly this size. He's always been this (laughs) size. And I feel sorry for his mother. I'm gigantic. (laughs) I'm the biggest person I've ever met. You, well, I just feel, like, tiny. Yeah. I, I was telling my friend that's here. I said, you know, he hugs me, and I feel like I just disappear. You are one of the few people. I'm, like, pe- gone. Yeah, you're one of the few people I hug. I'm not a big hugger. I know you're not. Yeah. And but you, I force it on you. You never stop. Yeah. I know. I'm sorry. I force it on you. Kim Kirshen, who's the executive director of Locker 505, is joining us. And you're a big reason that we have this partnership with O'Neill. So what we like to do is feature you on the program every time we're here. You have a big fashion show coming up this weekend. We do. We are so excited about it. Yeah. It's at uh, the Sheraton Uptown. Ooh. Huge partner for okay. us. They're always really good to us. Um, and it's from 2 to 5 on Sunday. Um, you can go to eventbrite.com to get tickets. Um, we, we're going to have a cash bar. We have silent auctions. Uh, we have three up-and-coming designers from oh, Albuquerque. Um, so we're pretty excited about that. Macy's is going to show some of their prom dresses. Um, and Matthews is going to show uh, some of their new wedding dresses. Um, so lots of, you know, kind of five different segments, everything from athletic wear to wedding dresses. Well, so I'm super sad I can't pull a Dennis Rodman and try on one of those wedding dresses. Um, you know, I could arrange something if you. <laughs> <laughs> you know, we know the people at Ann Matthews. We could probably figure something out. I got um, big shoulders. Yeah. So uh, so in attending this event, uh, there's a donation at the door when you buy a ticket on Eventbrite? Yeah, so it's 50 bucks. Okay. And we do have food and you know, that type it's of thing. It's a whole experience. So it pays it for itself. Yeah. Yeah, it really is. And, and it goes a long way for the kids. You know, we, um, uh, our numbers are up. We've already, you know, we've only seen kids for four or five days since we've been back. And um, uh, we've seen over 100 kids. You know, as I told you before, we've seen uh, just short of 1,200 last semester alone. Wow. Wowza. Um, you know, and it costs us well over $100 per child to see a child. That's roughly 300 kids uh, a month. Oh, yeah. yeah. Ten, ten kids a day. Uh, or no, it's more than that. Oh, because you're closing on weekends. Yeah. So yes, it's a lot more than that. Yeah. So we see anywhere between fifteen and thirty kids a day, depending on what we have scheduled. Oh, we. So it just kind of depends. Well, and we talk about this often. Uh, the kids that you service, the kids that you help, the kids that are a part of Locker Five Hundred Five, they come on referral from everywhere. 
Right. And if a friend of our show may want to recommend, suggest, or lend your services to someone, what's the best way for them to connect with you? So the best way is for them to go to their counselor at their school yeah. or if they have a social worker and tell them, I want to go to Locker 505, my kiddo needs clothing. Yeah. Um, and then they'll fill out the referral, send it to us. We call the parent. We make an appointment for them to come in. And, and as you guys know, and I don't know if everybody knows, it's a shopping experience. We sure. take them to their size of clothing like you would at Macy's, uh, which is one of our sponsors of mm-hmm. our, of our uh, fashion show. And you get to pick out the clothing you like, that you want, and you go and try it on. We make sure it fits you so you're not going back to school too revealing um, and that type of thing. But they get to pick out their clothing. And then on these referrals and the way that the kids come in, what is the hardest step for, like, a family or a parent? Like, what is the part that's like once you overcome this difficult step, we take care of you as Locker 505. Making your decision of when you want to come in. That very first time. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's just that, that first that first step of, yes, we need to do this, and this is where we're going we're gonna to do it. And, um, and typically, once the kids have come in, they're so psyched and so excited that, um, you know, I can't tell you how many times we hear from the kids, this was like Christmas, or this was like mm, my birthday. Yeah. Uh, melting. Know, you know, we hear it time and and time again this is like my best day ever um and stuff and that is our goal is for them to love it to be comfortable etc i mean that is totally what we want and you couldn't do this without your wonderful team without your wonderful volunteers and out all without all these amazing events that you guys put on absolutely not how does someone who wants to get involved who may not be able to do this full time who wants to participate how do they get a hold of you guys so we have a great website, locker505.org, really easy to remember. And we have on there where you can contact us. And it's really easy. I'm, or you can, uh, we have a Facebook page. Um, you can message us. I'm very good about uh, getting back to people. It's important that to me that they know that, we're, that we do uh, need their help, want their help. Um, so we're pretty quick about getting back. And I'm usually the one that does it. Right. It's important to me that I get back to them and they, I let them know whatever the answer to their question but, uh, Kim, I can't make the fashion show this weekend. I didn't have enough notice. I'm not prepared to go. When can I play golf? You can play golf on April 23rd at okay. Sandia. Ooh. Yes, at the casino um, at their uh, golf course. Um, it's going to be great fun. Um, again, that is on our website. That information is on our website. If you register by the 31st, you get about $100 off for a team. 31st of January. The 31st of January. Okay. So it's, it's coming up. So if you want to register, the, all the information is on, on our website. Um, I think it's going to be great fun. It's a, uh, I'm not a golfer, so I'm, I'm learning a whole lot. Okay. A scramble. That is correct. <laughs> a yes. scramble. Yes. Yeah. So yeah. Like Denny's. Help. It's yeah, like so Denny's. you guys oh. are, are t- between you guys and my sons, I, I'm going to get this. Yes. Uh, and stuff. So I'm learning a great deal about mulligans and, you know, all sorts of fun things. And you're gonna so it's not a high score. It's a low score. You know, all those things. <laughs> so uh, prize baskets and giveaways and the whole thing. Yep. Silent auctions. Yep. Um, you know, the worst golfer, the best golfer. Um, I think we're going to do – one of you were talking last week about the funniest dressed or something like yeah, that. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, best dressed. Best yeah. dressed or whatever. Oh, yeah, yeah, we were talking about doing something along those lines. But certainly – and, you know, on our website – we do have um, PayPal, Venmo, those types of things. Yeah. If you just want to make a donation, it makes a huge difference. And and not the biggest selling point for this golf tournament either, but we'll be there. Oh, the boys are yes. going to be there. You get to meet the boys if you want. Yes. 
Oh, yeah. you guys, you have to come meet them. If you haven't met them, they are delightful. That, oh, that's very cool. No, I love you guys. Aww. I love you guys. Well, we don't. I can't no, we handle this. We definitely love yeah. you guys. Yeah, I can't. This is too nice for me. <laughs> Kim Kirshen, executive director, uh, creator, uh, operator, janitor of Locker 505. Thank Pretty you much. so Thank you so very much, friend. Thank you. I appreciate you guys as always. Oh, and a big thank you. To Jack Gleason of O'Neill's yeah. for a sweet little stack of gift cards for Locker 505. That was nice. Yes. What a lovely surprise. Yeah. Yes, that it, was yeah. very, very nice. That could end up in a golf scramble auction. Exactly. I don't hate that at all. You're pretty smart. Did you get a? Did we get a count of how many he gave? All, I think. I think the answer is he gave all of them. Let's see how many ended up in your hands. <laughs> Fred, Fred's, oh. Fred's, Fred's, Fred's wallet looks a little thicker right okay. now. And I do carry, like, the wallet that everyone's dad He's got carries. the grandpa wallet. Look yeah. at that oh, thing. Oh, yeah, he yeah. does. I have severe back issues. How many, how many of these are O'Neill's gift cards that yeah, are supposed to be? See. That in are supposed hand. to be in Locker 505's hands. Yeah, I'm a little worried. <laughs> Everyone knows I only carry Cracker Barrel gift cards. Kim, anything did I miss before we let you go? No, come on out. Come to our, you know, I, your hope might be there, Fred. You're going to see fans going to be out of town. Yes. But for sure at the golf tournament. Love so, that. But please come to our fashion show. It's, yeah. it's going to be delightful. It's a hoot. Oh, it, you guys are going to wish you were there. I'm telling you, you're missing out. I, I have opportunity to be there. I, I will be there. So and it's yeah. being videotaped. Well, yes. I mean, it's 2022. Yeah. So maybe you can see it later. Can I can I Skype in? Can I zoom in? It's not. It's not that. What? <laughs> <laughs> it's not a business meeting. It's a. <laughs> it's a fashion I, show. Oh, sorry. Can I Facetime in? Yes. That's okay. okay. There That's we go. Not Is that better? Is just, that better? Is that not better? I know there's 5G now in Albuquerque, but I'm just not. I'm going to ignore that call. Okay. That's, yeah. <laughs> Not for me. Kim Kirshen, thank you so very thank much. Thank you guys so where, much. When we get back from the break, uh, we didn't really pick a varsity today. So, I don't know. We'll, just, we'll, we'll wrap it up with today's uh, Hotbed Sports Talk NFL. Quick wherever. hitters. Quick hitters. Where Quick we hitters. get back? Dave Busters presents Two Men On live from O'Neill's in the mobile John Lopez Real Estate and Coldwell Banker Legacy Studio. We're powered by New Mexico Pinion Coffee. We play on Team I-9, start our days at the YMCA, and spend our evenings at the Electric Playhouse. It's 95.9 FM, AM 610. The Sports Animal. What a very good program today. I like the ones that are sports, but I like the ones that are sports adjacent. You don't say. Those are the ones for me. And also. I like having fun. I like having good laughs, good times. Yeah. In a really good place. And when your friends of the show come out to support, there are a lot of people out here at O'Neill's today. Josh Shushan has, like, either self-appointed or been elected by O'Neill's as the president of the peanut gallery. Like, that is very exciting for him. He's had a lot of job titles. I didn't register to vote for that election, but I think it was a landslide victory. <laughs> I didn't believe you ran a contestant. <laughs> so, thank you to Jack Gleason who joined us. He's the general manager here at O'Neill's. Talked about everything that's going on here at O'Neill's and how, how you can have access to it, including their like ordering online and their special events room and the awesome wait staff. Thank you to Amber behind the bar who was spectacular. Thank you to Heather who waited on us. Thank you to John Lopez who made his schedule work around coaching his team and helping people in the community buy new homes. Thank you to Kim Kirshen of Locker number 505 as she came on and did well accepted donations from Josh Shushan and, and donations from O'Neill's and all of our friends. She's actually the best, but the Good way up. I said that didn't sound like the best. Quite the bounty yes. today. Quite she the did bounty. Quite well. And then uh, obviously the highlight for me was Forrest Stolting join us, the new media relations director for the Ice Topes. He's going to do very well here in town. 
Oh, he's going to kill it. You yeah. could tell. You could tell how talented and experienced he is. He's just going to absolutely kill it for the Isotopes well, this year. And a little inside baseball for friends of the show. You know, we met for lunch the other day, and you know how we are. You know how the boys are. And we're like, hey, wild idea. Here's a community thing. Here's the thing we can do with the media. Here's and like and Forrest like taking notes. He's like, let's go. Let's, let's do it. Yeah, let's go. So I'm I'm in on that plan. Hopefully, a lot more Isotopes and Isotopes adjacent content on this program moving forward. Uh, I want to touch real quick before we wrap this thing up on this Damon Arnett story. Did you see this today, Van? Uh, I did. I saw two shady Chiefs news stories today. Let me hit this one first before you introduce the second. Holla. Damon Arnett, young man, first-round draft pick, played for the Las Vegas Raiders, got caught up in some weird Instagram stuff, got caught up making some poor decisions, and it looks like the Chiefs are going to give him – a second chance. And, hey, I'm big second chance guy. I like redemption stories. I mean, this kid's a super talented athlete, the 20th overall pick, last year's draft. Just made some very poor decisions. Like maybe his culture, the way he was raised, the way he acts, doesn't fit in to people's normal uh, conceptions of what it's like to live a modern life. Because, I mean, he got caught on social media holding a gun and threatening people and just doing some some weird stuff and oh. he if it, if it wasn't the weird raiders year that it already was it, this would have been a spotlight yeah yeah it would be a way bigger story if there weren't five other crazier stories also had an altercation with a las vegas hotel employee also currently being sued by a woman for an alleged involvement in a hit and run crash in october of 2020 that is still uh ongoing he was part of the miami dolphins practice squad uh, up until the time that their season ended the first week of January. So I, I'm not sure how this contract works because it's a futures contract. Yeah. It's a futures contract. So it's not like he can just suit up on Sunday. Correct. But he can't for anyone else. So does this mean that he has a 53-man spot on the roster next year? It does not. It means- or it's just like some kind of contract in between pat- practice squad and 53-man roster. So what it basically means is it's the minimum money. Like, number one, keep that in mind. There's never a signing bonus for real, and it's the minimum monies. And what it also means is you get invited to the camp. You get invided to the, like, the – you have access to the team facility. Mm-hmm. You have access to, like, to be really to be observed. So if the medical staff or if the people up front want to have access to you for anything, you're part of that culture, but it does not guarantee you a spot on the field. Yeah, and, and it's weird timing, isn't it? Because Willie Gay, an active person on their roster, was arrested on misdemeanor charges within hours of this announcement. The Chiefs are having a very Raiders day today. Today is the day when you submit. I'm going to throw it back to you. It's more Wonderwall. Whoopsie. Today is the day that you, if you are an NFL team, submit your futures and submit your reserve stuff. So you got to do it. If you had an idea, you were going to do it. But I do agree. I think you let those guys know beforehand, hey, you're about to be a part of this. Hey, it's about to be a thing. Please don't do anything dumb to get in the headlines. Today. Today. Or how about you don't get in trouble at all whatsoever because you have one of the sweetest jobs on the planet, and we're in the playoffs trying to win a Super Bowl. Don't do anything stupid today. We don't need your distraction. 
Yeah, but the, I don't know. The Chiefs aren't afraid to do it. And, and this, I mean, aside from, like, playoff wins, we, I mean, you won't hear anything about the Chiefs front office or anything off the field until training camps get together here in a couple months. It's so crazy that the NFL ends and then it just starts right back up again. And I don't understand. I think the, the Willie Gay thing, like, he just got upset and started breaking property, like breaking his own. He just broke his own stuff. Is that right? He just broke his own stuff and got the cops called on him. I mean, not, not your brightest moment? Especially the timing. Do this in the off season. No, don't do it. And if you can get arrested for breaking your own stuff, uh, lock me up and throw away the key. I vent a lot by breaking my own stuff. <laughs> Fred, I, you ever thrown a pint glass at a, a brick wall? No. It's very cathartic. I'm timid when I crack <laughs> ice out of the ice tray from the freezer. <laughs> Mikey? You ever thrown a, a broke a glass or a plate or something and just released all that pent up energy? Oh, I've thrown many things. Okay, there you go. I just, I'm not alone here, guys. I just don't live that life of, of violence and outrage that you guys do. Well, you're not holier than thou. Come on. Well, yeah, I mean, I'm from the we south. All, we all do that. <laughs> we all get mad and throw something. Or guys, when I have to honk my horn at strangers, I do it real softly. I don't know if it makes a difference on the other end, but to I know you in my it does. heart it feels softer. To you, it does. Yeah, yeah. I say, sorry, guys. Like, you don't even, like, put your socks on aggressively. Like, you do it very calmly. <laughs> I've seen you honk your horn, and I feel like you put your left foot into the floorboard harder when you do it. Well, I use my elbows. To honk the horn? <laughs> yes. The people's elbow. We're at the end of the program. Zach Gelb on after us tonight, Michael? Zach is back. Right. Is he pulling a Geldenburger tonight again? No Geldenburgers tonight. Looks like he's had a few. Straight up Geld. <laughs> Thank you to everyone who tuned into the program. Thank you to all the friends of the show. Thank you to friend of the show, Max, who took the time. Everyone from the Isotopes who came out. That was nice. Yeah, wasn't it? Yeah. These guys are great. You're very welcoming Forrest, in your Josh, Isotope sweater. You. I'm wearing it. I got an Isotope sweater on. No one even made mention of it. It's a fire sweater. Is it fireproof? Say what, something what positive mean? about my sweater. I said tons of nice things all day today. It's very well fitting. I love the vintage 47s. Any final words before we go, man? Oh, my goodness. Too much for the time allotted, my friend. Good job, everyone. GG. See you tomorrow, Burke.